Welcome back to the Ecotype Podcast. As always, I'm your host, a whodunit, Jay. And as always, is my co-host, a how did it, Z. How are we doing today, Z? Well, yeah, pretty good. You big fan of how did it? Um, I don't know. I, I <laughs> it's a how did it? Uh, you know, Columbo, like a thriller. Okay, so it's where you see the murder and then you watch the guy figure out. Okay, so it's kind of like dramatic irony. Well, okay, I was gonna say like my the first thing that comes to mind for me recently with whodunits is uh, Knives Out. But that's not a by that metric. It's it is more of a uh, how did it? it isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's good. And that's a great movie. I love it. It's incredible. Film. Film. I mean, everyone loves that movie, right? Second one's coming out. It's called Glass Onion. Yeah, it's got to be something. It's a he's gonna title. do a thing. Yeah, it's gonna. Well, do a yeah, thing. but he's gonna do a Ooh, Glass Onion. <laughs> ah, I couldn't possibly know who hired me. Bill <laughs> Funk, you <laughs> should not still have. I well, you see, it's got the nice. I blew the fuck out of that audio. <laughs> when I believed. <laughs> who hired me? The donut hole to this donut donut's hole. hole. I love that monologue. It's a great monologue. All right, but it still says knives out. Do you think that's weird? Because I was like, they can't call it knives out too. I guess that's the compromise you need. You just yeah. need brand recognition. But like, obviously, it doesn't make any sense for any of the upcoming movies to have it knives out included in the title at all. No, right? not even once. That's right though, it's gonna be on Netflix only. I think. So. I mean, I assume that's how they normally do it. That's, that's weird. what Netflix does it. They buy they put I thought on they Netflix w- or and then they'll do like select screenings so that they mm. can get it under the. Oscars. Oscars, but I don't think it'll have a wide release. I hope so, because I'd absolutely adored seeing that movie in theater. So I'd be disappointed if the next two are just on... I mean, streaming's fine and all, but I like the movies. Where am uh, I going to get my commemorative popcorn bucket? I'm indifferent from? to it, truthfully. Where am I going to get those here, Jack? You going to fill your house with more trash? Well, maybe Um, we'll just do it here. I'll charge you admission into my basement here, where we do all... Well, don't tell them we're in a basement. <laughs> that's, a little, that's a little too on the nose of two white guys right, to well, a pop puffer podcast. I mean, I won't. Put your money where your mouth is on that one. And then I'll, I'll, I will have some of my other commemorative popcorn buckets, of which now there are many. So what you're going to do is you're going to fill the popcorn buckets with uh, popcorn, but one of them is laced with poison, and I picked the right one. Well, so we'll do our own whodunit while we're watching a whodunit. Right, yeah. Well, it's me. So I, it's a I how did it. I killed myself with poison. <laughs> Not even really that. They'll just be like, oh, man, he killed himself with the poison popcorn. Why? What do we... Why did he do that? Now I got to find another... This was elaborate. I guess I got to get my... I got someone else named Zach on here. Oh, that should well, because they keep up the naming scheme. Yeah, frankly, what are we doing? <laughs> All right, so I got a secret topic here. God, we're off the rails immediately. No, it's not even that late. This is the earliest we've ever recorded. No, well, that can't be true. in recent memory. <laughs> All right, no, good on it. All. So that's what it? they come for, Jack. That's true. What else are they here for? I don't know. Our cogent points There's and not our many people here, Zach. <laughs> I I don't know how to tell you this, oh, buddy. No, <laughs> we're not really calling out to the oh, masses. Man. All right, so I have a new segment, and you don't know about this, uh, but it's called "Why Did Zach Say That." Oh, good lord. Now, what we're going to do is I'm going to read off a text that Zach sent me. This is horrible. <laughs> I can't believe this. And we're going to do more. I'm going to give you four <laughs> options, listeners, to pick why. what prompted this response. Now. <laughs> Come on. No, no, this is funny because you know the responses and you're going to know when I read it out. Fuck off and die. You're a coward and have a coward's heart. Now, was it A. in the best light, doesn't it, Jack? Was it A. I, I flicked on plans that we had for a long time, last minute. Was it B, I abandoned him and his host at the eve of a great battle? Oh, C, that I send him and our friend Colin a pit, a picture of cheddar Chex Mix with finally some good Chex Mix? Or D, none of the above. Now, pa- non-listeners, pause the episode. If you're with other people, you know, discuss it amongst yourselves and figure it out. Now, I'll tell you the answer. It was C. <laughs> So that's kind of the whole I segment. Put me on blast here. I, I, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah, I cut, I cut off you all. Yeah, no, it's all right. 
You did abandon me and my host on the eve of a great <laughs> battle, but that was I had a different response that time. Yeah, you did. So, I, think I was you, a little more measured. I think you killed my wife or I something. Was the, <laughs> I was in the calm of battle at that time, so I didn't have time for the... You know, I, I, I found the battle mind, and I was in yeah. the... I stayed but in I my, said, you'll rue this day. Yeah. I sat in my tower like... I shall, um, <laughs> I shall the, not soon forget. What's his face? Gray. Uh, what's his face? From Game of Thrones. Bridgeman. Yeah, yeah, Walter Frey. Walter Frey. I was like a Frey. I sat there, and I was like, I'm going to marry a young girl. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> I did. Mother Frey did. So that was the surprise segment. Hope anybody enjoyed that. Might cut it out. <laughs> now, you've really made this com- appear quite one-sided. But the listeners should know, in my defense, that oh, you, yeah. you antagonize me constantly about Chuck. Oh, Spence. yeah, all the time. <laughs> this is this is just because I thought the response was very funny, and we were, were recording today, so I was like, ah, oh, it'd be funny if I brought this up. But I do antagonize Zach about Cheddar Chex Mix all the time. It's not better. I think the traditional better. is the best. I mean, it's not even. I think it's about. better. And well, the reason I think that listeners is because I've only ever really had cheddar, <laughs> and See, I don't even check was that often. I mean, a lot of people go with the classic, like, well, homemade check makes the best flavor. I, I think that's a bit of a, well, that's a bit of a cop out because it's not really the same. I mean, it's not a store bought option, is it? Where well, I can't walk in, I can't stroll into the store and get some of that. But you know, you gotta, you I do it. I enjoy homemade check as much as the next guy, but buying at the store is easier. Obviously, that's, ca- that's consumerism for you, folks. Right, that is what it is, but. But the thing is, like, you can you can do a whole variety of flavors if you're making it homemade. You don't gotta you don't gotta stick to the traditional kind. You can you can change the composition, which is good about that. Right. Because then you can like not put as many pretzels. Just in. you can eat, put in pretzels. Just sticks. only put pretzels in. Really, my favorite part is the checks. Uh, actually, before I have made just checks. <laughs> just you just buy that you just buy the three kinds of checks cereal. You mix them together and then you put seasoning on that and then you just eat that. <laughs> you don't remember this? No. Oh, yeah, I've done that before. When did you do that? Oh, a while back. I th- I think I still have some. It's probably stale by now because I never used it again. But just do probably that. Probably because it's been in a bunker for a hundred years. Do che- just checks. Oops, all checks. Fuck it, checks. Because <laughs> that's the best part. Because then you, because I at the some point I was like, the best part. if I made my well, no, especially not the pretzels that are in there. They're fine, but like you, there's not enough salt. If you got actual, if you, see the thing is, if you make your own and you make it with pretzels, see the thing about the checks mix pretzels, they don't really stand on their own as pretzels, right? But if you get pretzels that are meant to just be standalone pretzels, those are better. There's a saltier. And then maybe you could argue there's too much salt when you combine it with the other seasonings you're putting onto the Chex Mix, but I don't mind. And then I like peanuts in my Chex Mix. I can oh, must have been right there. I don't like those breadsticks. That's great. Those are by far the worst. We're going to have... What do you go- think? Okay. R- real quick, though. What about the rye chips? What do you think about the rye chips? I don't chips? want the rye chips. Oh, I'm not a rye guy. Fair enough. Those, oh. are, those are like... And I've got to be honest. Street. The last time I ate Chex Mix... Probably when I was after school, doing after school care at like my middle school when I was like eleven. So can't bring up, you can't bring up checks mix on the podcast, and I could be a chance to defend myself. Oh, yes, I can. I just did. <laughs> but here, I'll, but right now it's in the podcast, so it's written in stone. If you ever want to do a, why did Jack say this segment? Obviously, you're allowed because I did it. I I drew first blood. That's fair. So I don't know if I, I don't know how well it'll work though. Because you say all your out-of-pocket shit in person. <laughs> I say it on, on the this show, mostly. <laughs> and I leave it in every time. I'm the one who's liable to text you something wild. So, yeah, we'll see. I'll just start scrolling. I'm going to feverishly scroll through <laughs> thousands of text messages and find whatever paints you in the absolute worst life. But you can look, you can just search by, like, words. <laughs> and it'll pull up every text where I said a certain <laughs> word. You, I will make, I'm, I mean, I stand by my statement, though. You are a coward and you have a coward's heart. <laughs> uh, put that in the lore. I stood for a whole episode. Oh, I, met, I forgot to. We forgot to mention up top. We, this is this is chaos. This is chaos <laughs> carnage, man. This is this is a one year if we've ever had it. Hmm? Yeah, this shows you how we enter into our second year here. Oh, like, best and better than. <laughs> God, my God. But I meant to mention it's it's this will probably launch on July fourth here. Yeah, so happy fourth for so all. I, our, I, I, yeah, all Americans. Happy birthday, America. I just I just needed really I just needed everyone to know that we are we do have the two thousand four two. Hold on. <laughs> 
It might be actually. <laughs> it's 2000. <clears throat> we do have the 2000. <laughs> Mel Gibson classic, The Patriot, playing this we whole do. episode. Just know it's here. And we're standing. We're, sta- we're we are standing for the Patriot. We're standing for the Patriot. We're in full army dress. No, period accurate army dress. Period accurate. Not, we're not wearing modern like fatigues or anything. We're not needing uh, Fati- OCPs. We have Continental Army blues and and tans on. Bicorn hat. I've a tricorn hat. Tricorn hat. Tricorn. Right, because it's got three corns. Thank you, good sir. <laughs> mind you, mind you. Please. I have one of those in my house. I have a. We have smoothbore muskets with bayonets affixed. I have a rucksack with a moth-eaten, horrible woolen blanket in there. Probably what they have. They didn't have. They didn't have I've got gangrene in my material. foot. <laughs> well, yeah, we've all got gangrene. <laughs> I mean, we've all got gangrene. I've got a. My know, son a, was taking my smallpox. A tomahawk that I traded with a native. <laughs> I got a scalp I traded from a got native. This powder horn. A bag of paper cartridges because it's it's great. It's great. I got a drug boy. Horrible. It's great. We got a Betsy Ross flag waving in the. In my pocket, there's a letter from my wife telling three of our kids have died from smallpox, and the consumption has taken them. <laughs> One of them got trampled by a cow. The Brits are here. All right, so let's. Let's rally forward here. At 10 minutes, it's been just <laughs> rambling. <laughs> so let's get to the actual... Happy birthday, America. Happy birthday, America. Uh, maybe not the political best... Co- comi- <laughs> Thanks, Joey Diaz. Maybe not the best political life to say that. I'm going to leave all this in, though. Listen. Listen. Here's the thing. We'll power through it. I like America. But they don't do you everything hate right. everything in it. You hate everything in it. And that's the most American thing, isn't it? To hate the politician. Like, they hate the government. But like the spirit. Yeah, you, the spirit of it is hating the government in a lot of ways. Like Joey Diaz says, you ain't got to be from America to be American. All you got to get up is grab your nuts and say, I'm going to do something about it today. That's or whatever he says. <laughs> there it is. Uh, I'm, I hope this was listenable, <laughs> listeners. I hope you didn't turn off the episode. And if you didn't, thank you. So now we're going to talk about Westworld. I could tack out of Woo! insane rambling into Westworld episode one of season four. There it is. We've arrived, Jack. What's it called? The Arbiter? The Arbiter. Or 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 the Ouroboros. I, I had it right in my. You definitely you pushed it right out with your nonsense. <laughs> I do it every time. Every time I just say it. it's, it's like, like the Ori, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, something like that. But gosh, you know, Jack, Heath Ledger's in that movie. And he's great. The Arbiter? No, The Patriot. Oh, Jason Isaac's great. It's a it's a fucking classic. If you ask I've me, I've not seen it. I know Mel Gibson's problematic or whatever, but goddamn, goddamn, what a what a film. It's called The Auguries. It's an augury. I don't. I kind of thought the same thing. It made me feel like an idiot because I'm like, God, what that mean? Let's do it right now. An augury is a sign of what will happen in the future in Omen. Oh, pretty apt. Yeah, a little on the nose, I think. The work of an augur, the interpretation of omens. So there it is. It's about the it's portenses of things to come. I love an omen. We're gonna get into omens later with Wheel of Time. That's right. So Jack, here it is. All all your hard work over these past weeks have paid off. You've you've caught up just in time to watch Westworld season four live. How was it, Jack? Was it as glorious? As you remember? Or er, hope? <laughs> Nothing to remember. Nothing to remember. It was just about the same as it's been the whole time. Were you blinded when you first saw Westworld? <laughs> Awestruck? <laughs> huh. It's kind of like, up oh, there it is. I mean, it was fun watching the premiere, though, eh? Don't you? Did you, did you, did you, watch, did you tune, tune your... I watched it today. You tuned your... Cha- oh, no. I didn't tune my ham radio to catch the... <laughs> to HBO at 9 p.m. on Sunday night to watch it live? Nope. Well, well, this is embarrassing. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Okay, well... What did you What did you think about it, though? Uh, what do we have to say? Uh, I mean, Jack, let me stop you right there. So I didn't even get a chance to say anything. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? I don't know, man. It's It's not even that late. I, hey, man, I'm just what like, happened I'm to us? Zany, funky mood. We're in a silly, goofy mood. In did a silly, you goofy spark mood. my code red? What happened? <laughs> what was in that spark you drank? So you interrupted me. <laughs> I didn't have anything. You didn't have anything? No, it was really just a joke. What is happening? All right, so. As much as I was like, nothing really super interesting happened this episode. 
I don't know, intensely mind-blowing. It's only the first episode, so really, I, I like, can't give it too much flat because it's setting things up. I was a little bummed, spoilers, but there's no Bernard because the season ends with him waking up. It's been seven years. That's what we got that finally at the time frame. Well, so that kind of works, right? Yeah. That's enough dust for I mean, seven it, years. It's a, I would say it's, a, it's easily enough dust for seven years. If anything, you almost think is it longer than, but yeah. Dusty place. No one checked on Right. Him? Well, see, okay. I totally get what you're saying, and I do think that's fair. I, I had the same thought. But my thing about this is like, yes, it is a season premiere. It's setting up for the whole season. It's got to do some legwork, right? But I think when you compare it to really actually any of the other three, but especially, you know, season one and two of the premieres, what they were able to set up, this feels a lot less interesting. Like a lot less is going on. Which, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. If you if you think about the legwork season one has to do in their premiere to establish the whole concept. And not, to be fair, that, that episode's like a good, maybe it's maybe like a half hour longer. It's like, a, it's like an extra long premiere. So, you know, it's got that going for it. And I think the same applies for season two, maybe. But still, I I just feel like this didn't give us much of much of anything. I don't know. It leaned a lot into the, uh, what's even her name? Christina? Yeah. Christina character, whatever her deal is. And I don't know. I feel like, yeah, it could have maybe shared the love a little bit. To see, you know, Hale, who we didn't really see at all. To see William. Bernard. We saw, yeah, a little bit, like, a, just in the beginning, really, though, right? But, yeah. yeah. Bern- you, Bernard, Hale, William. Stubbs. Stubbs. I mean, I guess he's just with Bernard, but still. in that bathtub for seven years? Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I kind of agree. I was I was a little disappointed. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Well, so, we start with, it's William, and he's trying to buy the Hoover Dam. Dam. From a uh, cartel. From the cartel? Or, like, the cartel's gone legit now because it's. It's long enough in the future, I guess. They've gotten their foot in the door because that's how it always goes. <laughs> yeah, and, and they've, uh, they've went to data, and he's like, "Yeah, all that data in there, I need, and I, I just want it all. I want it all. I'm just gonna sell the whole. Th- I'm gonna buy the whole thing." And he's like, mm, "I don't want you to." So then they send a bunch of robot flies at them. That's what it seems like. And then he possesses him, and then he kills everybody, and then he kills himself. And William wins, but is he a host? Probably. 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 <laughs> I think he's a host. Based off the events of the last season, seems likely. And his hand is fully together. Oh, I didn't even notice that. At least I think I, I, guess I didn't think of that. And then, like, they don't show his hand directly. I think they make it a point. Like, he uses his other hand that isn't damaged at all. They probably did make a point of that. It looks, it, it kind of looks like it, but it might. Just that be would be like, a very obvious way to distinguish the two. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I'll keep my eyes out for that. But I think so. I don't think that original William is dead. Right. I think that the way they quote unquote kill him in the last season it leaves wiggle room there on purpose. Don't see the body kind of thing classically. So. But, yeah. yeah. So that's clearly his his machinations are all through Hale because she made him. I don't know. There's no better name for her, right? Just Hale. Just, Hale. just fake Dolores robot Hale. Not um, really Dolores anymore because she's right. Got, she's not really either. She cares about kids and he's just something else. She's not really either of them, obviously, but she's who she is. Tessa Thompson. <laughs> and um, real life yeah. actor Tessa Thompson. That's right. And then we get Maeve, and she's just living in the woods. She has a big power surge. Yeah, she's having memories. We see a flashback of her and Caleb blowing up one uh, a different different Ro- robot. Yeah. Probably one of the older ones. Solomon dies. They obviously kill Rohobo. Rohobo. I already forgot. You'll get it. Rohoboam. 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 <laughs> they have a French guy say it a hundred times. <laughs> right. They kill him at the end of last season. And then, so probably David? David or Paul. Or Saul? Saul, yeah. Okay. Or a new one. I don't know. It's, but Jim. But then Caleb gets shot, maybe? I thought and it was, I, like, looks like he's dying. You're like, are they just going to cure? Well, that's I mean, what I, I thought. I didn't really think so, because we saw him in trailer or something. Right, yeah. But I guess that could, I mean, he could have died. What if he's a host? That could be a thing. That'd be a classic thing. I feel like that'd, that'd be on brand for them, no? Like, defeats the purpose of season three, don't you think? Yes. 
Okay, so as long as you agree. <laughs> to an extent. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, if he's just a hoe. But then again, like, that's the, the whole point is they're not so different from us. So, like, what's, you know? But so, the, I don't know. It's weird that they've, the world they've set up here, um, because the robots are gone. At the end of last season, it was like chaos. It was like a world on the verge of revolution against, like, the, the system. And then we get here, and it's like, yeah, we got rid of those robots, and everything kind of just went back to normal. So they talk about the war, right? Yeah. Is that the conflict that we see the, like, yeah, the brewings of the beginning of in the last season? Or when his wife's telling him about the war, is that, like, the war he fought in prior? I think it's a robot war. Okay. That's kind of, I kind of think so, too. So, I guess we don't get to see any of that. I mean, we'll probably see flashbacks and hints throughout this season. But it's like, yeah, it's weird that they do a whole season of setup where they're like, Caleb, we're doing it. You're taking the fight to them. You're, you're freedom. We're taking on the Jesus. No gods, no masters, right? And then they just do it all between season. Now they're like, it's back to normal. I'm working. I'm just a construction worker again. I was, <laughs> I was co- like <laughs> revolution Jesus before, but now I'm just me. No, my, the samurai lady was helping me. Samurai robot lady was helping me. Okay. Uh, so he's got a kid now. And um, a wife. And a wife. That's nice. His daughter has... <laughs> Is like picking up on his weird quirks because he's got PTSD because of the war and probably the other war. Both of the wars. And his wife's like, God, would you cool it with your PTSD, man? You're really rubbing off on our daughter. And he's like, Yeah. Sorry. Weird, right? I don't know about her. She's not being a very supportive. I get it. Like, okay, don't make your daughter scared. I mean, well, the thing is, I mean, obviously, we learned by the end of this episode, he was right. He was right. But I get it. Like, don't make your kid, you know, you don't need to make her paranoid. That's not actually helping anything to an extent. Mm-hmm. And like, but then it's weird when she's like, because of you, our daughter's acting like she, pretending like she has PTSD. I'm like, so you, you recognize that he has PTSD and your answer, you're, you, the best you got is to be like annoyed, like you know, rubbing off on our daughter. Why don't you be like, hey, Caleb, husband, man, I love presumably. I hope. Let's get you some help here. I didn't realize it was this bad. Let's figure out your fucking PTSD so you're not running around our house in the night looking for guns. But again, he was he was just right. <laughs> he was just right the whole time. His daughter so, was almost killed by a robot man. Robot man? No, I don't think he's a regular guy. Oh, well, because the one that comes to kill Maeve is probably a host, right? It seems I, like. I thought, but I don't know. There's no, like, I couldn't see his little, like, opening. His little brain egg thing. Right. I don't know where she, I thought she'd connect into the egg. She no, does. no, she, that's right. She rips his head off. So, yeah. of course, he's he's something. He's a robot of some kind. That's true. Sure. Yes, okay, that's right. She literally rips his head off and then, like, gets data from it. So, he isn't just a man. <laughs> well, she could get into his brain somehow. Maybe. So, yeah, I guess they're probably sending. I mean, it's Hale and William and their hosts, presumably. How is she getting radios, though? How is Maeve getting oh, radios? How is she getting radios? Well, I think she like, controls radios and stuff. I feel like that's... I mean, she's, it seems like her... It's vague just expanding tech out, powers. Right? Yeah, her vague tech powers are just getting further and further. Out. I mean, she's had a bunch of time to practice in her freaking Unabomber cabin, so... That's true. So, yeah. I mean, we, that was the other thing we see at the end of last season, is that Hale was making a million ho- I mean, not literally. A good a tons and tons of hosts, so... Yeah. It, it would make sense that that's who they're using to do that. I mean, you could trust them implicitly, right? You don't have to worry about pesky humans and their motives if you just make... Just make hosts and don't give them memories. It's not good, though, is it? Because then are you you any better? That's kind of the thing. I think that's kind of like what Dolores got to last season, when she's like, actually, humans are all right. They can... I'm not going to kill them all. And they're like, what? She didn't want to kill us all the whole time? What a revelation this is. What a revelation. Bad guy's going to point the gun right at Caleb's head and not (laughs) kill him, and then tell, hey, you kill him and take him away? Yeah, so here we... So, yeah, I don't think Dolores... Or, um, Halores? I don't know what I'll call her. I like (laughs) Halores. She's not really a good guy, is she? Delail? Because, I mean, I mean, again, she does make it clear at the end of last season. She's like, no, we're going to get... She. She's basically going with the original militant Dolores plan of, like, 
I'm taking this world for the hosts. Yeah. It's so, our world now, yeah, baby. It's our world now. It's one of those things. So and then the other big thing, of course, is is this Christina, right? That is her name, right? Yeah, Christina. Okay. So Christina, who is the she's having a Rachel Wood. She's yeah. Something something's afoot there. She's a she's a normal gal living on She's normal writing. Life. She's a writer. She's a writer for video games, but her her, her games are too nice. They're too simple and pleasant. Yeah, the guy's like, uh, no one. The NPCs are just cannon fodder. I'm like, what a more murder and violence, please. Yeah, and it's like you don't. I'll this? find someone else. Are we doing that? Like, do you guys play video games? <laughs> I feel again. I, that really felt like, oh, you don't play video games. You just, Jonathan Nolan, Lisa Joy. Do you guys play video games? Or are you just like getting the? You just have like a nephew who does points, the Spark Notes because it's like. I don't know. Yeah, that's pretty. That's kind of boomery, isn't it? Yeah. Like video people with video games to just murder and kill. So, I mean, there's some of that, but people like playing Stardew Valley a lot. People really like playing Stardew Valley. That's really people like, people like M- games with stories. People like the NPCs. Some people play Elden Ring and they're upset. <laughs> like you. Like me. I get upset. I, like, I get upset after long stretches. I do. It's I just lo- so grim. I love it the whole time. I like Fallout, where you can. There's grim and fun. That's what I say. I like all grim all the time, baby. Let's go. So, yeah, it's a little boring to be like, the players, they just want absolute unadulterated violence. They want to have sex with everything in sight. They don't want fun games. Okay, we get it. We want... Write us another one of those where the uh, murder ends with a murder-suicide or whatever, she says. Yeah. So... And then she has a stalker, right? That's her thing. Well, she's going on on a date, and then that guy's kind of like... Investor bro. Yeah, he's an investor bro, exactly. He's your classic TikTok investor bro. He's Gary V. He's Gary V. And he's like, I got so much money. That doesn't really go well. And then her stalker finds her in real life. And he's all like, stop writing me in your games. And with the theory that we've we've concocted here, right? I mean, it's not. But it seems like what we know about Dolores, again, assuming they're somehow connected, which... Same actress. I mean, it'd be very weird if they totally just recast her for nothing. But she's somehow connected to Dolores, who, in season two, got access to everyone's memories. <laughs> Went to the park. Everyone's profile, right? She has, like... That's why she's so good at understanding humanity in season three on some levels, because she has like, a, a, like lots of lots of humans, like psychologies mapped out like, in her brain. And so I think the thing is like that we're thinking is, OK, is she again, whoever, whatever version form this character of Christina is taking of Dolores, is she somehow accessing those memories? And then like it's just coming out subconsciously of like, let's write this story. And those, so then she accidentally puts someone's fully realized life. End of the game, right? And that's why that guy's all crazy. He's like, why are you writing me in your game, right? Yeah. That would kind of make sense, no? And then he kills himself at the and end. he kills himself at the He's end. like, are you controlling me? Uh, you think it's, I don't know, I don't know, there's anything to this, but you think it's something that Arnold's, like, when he's recreated, his, he's Bernard, so it's AB, and when Dolores is recreated, she's like Christine, so it's DC, so it's AB, DC, CD. Is that anything? Well, it doesn't really go in the right order. Well, I'm, well, I'm going to go in reverse. But... Arnold go, the human goes to the machine, oh. and the machine goes to the human, and they go kind of inward, because they're oh. like parallels of each other. Maybe. See, I'm paying attention. That's kind of fun. Is that anything? I don't that know. That might be something. We can pretend. Oh, pretend. Gonna t- I mean, they're not going to tell us it's not? No, no. Who, who is? I doubt they're ever going to turn to the sh- turn to the screen and implicitly say, by the way, there's no relevance to the <laughs> fact that our names go A, B, then, then, then D, C. Not nothing. A, nothing. You, Jack. Hey, I'm looking hey. at you. Focus up, buddy. I know That's you're looking fun. at your phone right now. I like that, Jack. I think there could be something to that. Oh. Well, okay, so here's the alternate take on that theory that I also did not get. So that's okay. one of them. All right, well, okay, I guess we should say it real quick. And then at the end, Teddy's there. It's Yay, Teddy. Teddy. I'm glad he's back. There's like another guy who seems to be like in the background. He like beats up her stalker at one point. 
And you're like, who's this guy? Who's her white knight? Then he disappears. He vanishes. He tells. I don't know. I guess it should have been fucking obvious because I knew that well, we said it last week, didn't we? That he yeah. was coming back. Or I told. I think maybe I told you off show, but I we knew so. he was coming back. Um, good old what's his name? James Martin, classic know. Sonic boy. And Hop. And Hop. And we knew he was coming back. I don't know. But for some reason, I saw that shadowy figure and I was like, is that just Caleb helping her out? I thought it was a little bit too. But I guess it was, yeah. Well, so they got us, eh? They, they got, got our dumbasses. Yeah. But no, it was Teddy. And you're like, what's he doing here? He's probably not called Teddy right now, but. Probably called like Francis. So that kind of led me down a different path of thinking, which is this isn't real. It's either a simulation like we see in season three that they put Maven. Like War World. Like war, the War World's war world simulation that they put Maven. Or it is like a real life park as well. Or maybe it's some combination. Maybe it's like Delos has evolved to where they can just do it all virtual reality style. Because there's a part where Dolores is walking to work. Christina is walking to work, right? And she passes three dudes. Do you, you recall this? And they're like, yeah, bro, you never been here before? He's like, oh, yeah, it's crazy. You're going to love it. Or yeah, something I, of that I thought the same thing. I'm like, it feels like it sounds in like, a park. It sounds like what they would say when they showed up to a park for the first time. So maybe this is somehow, maybe it's Christina is like Dolores being reused because we know they did that. They do it a lot. They love they do it a lot. Dolores. They love like copy pasting people from park to park. So maybe Delos in their infinite wisdom, like, didn't even think of it. They again, whatever this is, if it's like a park or a VR system of some kind, they just reused Dolores. They just copy pasted her into a different scenario that wasn't a Westworld thing, and she's just this character now. And the same tendencies are like presenting themselves, and she's gonna come awake. Or maybe it is Dolores that they've trapped. They somehow got a hold of her. Whatever it is, I mean, it's not. We we talked about last week how best we can tell there's like an unaccounted for Dolores copy because of a. Uh, uh, Lawrence. Lawrence, yeah. The Lawrence guy. He was just a cop. That's what we what we can tell, right? Again, yeah. We don't think anything happens to that guy. So... He doesn't do fuck all in the season. Yeah, he just... Well, he's, he just only shows up in the season finale, and then, yeah. oh, that was the last one, and then that's it. So, it could be something to do with him, her, that character. I don't know. But it's kind of... Well, I mean, we'll have to see, right? Well, well, for sure. I mean, it's just a premiere, so we don't gotta get too much. Hopefully, yeah. we get more... Yeah, oh, next episode, oh, I hope next episode is Bernard focused. I feel like it should be mm-hmm. because he wait because like I don't know. He, I want to see what's going on there. Why? Why did he spend so long in the in heaven? The sublime. And what happened to Stubbs? He had to die in there, right? I said this to you when we watched it, and I was like, "Look it, he put some ice in there to help him out or whatever." But he's dying again, and he's like, "Don't leave me here, Bernard or whatever. Don't, don't forget me at this time or whatever he says." And I was like, "Think, think, Jack. Think about how long that ice can last. That ice, ice lasts what, like a day." Maybe. Maybe. That water, I think maybe it'll get cold water, but that cold <laughs> water is going to be cold for another maybe day. And then, just kind of lukewarm. Bernard water. wakes up and it's been years, seemingly. Is Stubbs going to be covered in dust in a evaporated I mean, pool of I water? I mean, I guess he's just a, so you just turn him on again if you fix him after that? I mean, is there anything that goes, anything lost there? I don't know, but we'll see. I hope he's back. I think he's back. I'm pretty sure that guy's still in the show. Luke Hemsworth. Good old the Hemsworth. The least famous Hemsworth. Good on him, though. What are you going to do, huh? It's not his fault. He used to ball the jeans on making his ginormous brothers. He still gets to be a famous-ish Hollywood actor that works, so who are we? <laughs> what are we doing? Huh? We got nothing. Being the least Hemsworth, least famous Hemsworth is a... He's much more famous than the most famous Jack and Zack of the Egg Attack. <laughs> exactly. It's a fair shot better than most. He's a hundred so. times more famous than the most famous Egg Attack member. That's... <laughs> which one? Which one do you think it is? Probably Colin. <laughs> he's got like another Excellent. account. He's got that That's true. Account. Very good. Very good. Okay. Um, shout out so, to UConn. I know I said fuck you before, but shout out to UConn. <laughs> probably just, um, probably Ack Attack then, right? We'll yeah. come back to I mean, we'll be covering it every week, so. Yeah, for the next 10 so but weeks. Mark my words. We'll someone miss the mark, one week. Someone write those down. 
One of those has to be true, probably. One of them or neither of them. True. Here's the thing. I'm going to hedge my bets. Oh. Either one of those or none of neither of those is the thing that's going to happen. Option A, B, or C, the classic. Right. I just get the I just get the feeling that her plotline seems too distinct. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it really is separate from the rest of it. So we'll see. We'll see. Where's Bernard? What's he up to? What is he What is he going to be trying to do? Because his only thing last season, which again we kind of complained, he barely feels like he's in last season, is stop Dolores. But then he's like, oh, Dolores wasn't actually even that bad. What's his thing now? Because when Dolores brings him back at the end of season two, her thing is like, yeah, Bernard. We're going to both need to, you know, have like foreseen it or whatever that we got to ensure the survival of our species and it's going to take both of us working like kind of posed is somehow going to be how it works or whatever. I don't know. But now that she's gone, seemingly, at least for the time being, what is what what world is there for Bernard? Heaven, maybe. Robot heaven. Yeah. He, I mean, he sees heaven. He's like, what's in here? What did she want me to see in here? Something was good in there. He's there for, maybe he just takes a vacation. He's like, you know what? I have this. I'm going to hang out with the sublime for seven years. Should I hang out? So... I guess we'll have to see, huh? Oh, yeah. Are they just all in there? Does he just have all that data in his head? Like, he's like, what's in my head here? And it was just the Sublime in its entirety? Because I thought it was no, on it's, a satellite. it's the key to the it's Sublime. It's the key, okay. And then he can access it remotely through that, probably. Because yeah. they say it's 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 something obnoxious. You remember it's the like, season oh, it's, Yeah, it's some... It's like number. a giga flop of data or something. It's, like, like, quint, it's a quintaflick of data. And it's like, that doesn't even Then how kill everybody. Is it even... See if I'm gonna Is it even a metric? Yeah, it's it's something obnoxious that you've never even. Because why would you hear of it? The Valibion, also known as Glory Eden, and something. Oh, the native one. I don't. Know. It's one point two exabytes. It's only one point two of them, though. Hmm? Yeah, Lakota. I think it's Lakota. One point two exabytes is one point two times ten to the eighteenth bytes. <sighs> That's a lot of bytes. Oh, this says. Oh my goodness! This says one point two exabytes is far exceeds the expected size of all of the recorded human data. Damn, that must be a very nice heaven. I spent seven years in that heaven. All the human dead. 1.2 billion gigabytes. Okay, that's what it is. 1.2 billion gigabytes. That seems, yeah, that seems like an absurd amount. It's a lot for heaven. There you go. Oh, no, this is different. Whatever. 1.2 billion gigabytes. So that wouldn't fit in Bernard, presumably. No. He's just one man. They really figured out how to compress stuff. They really crammed into his stuff. (laughs) Yeah. There's storage. He compressed the shit out of heaven. Heaven just runs a little choppier now. I mean, we're getting better and better. We can fit like two terabytes on a freaking micro SD card now, so we're getting there. But all right, Ag Attack. Ag Attack into Miss Marvel episode four, the one where they go to Pakistan. They go to Pakistan. They do. They do a trip. It's a fun um, trip. They go on a long flight. Yes, they do. And that guy's like first time, and then he gets, and then he accidentally triggers a mother daughter argument. And he's like, oh, what have I done? Classic. I'm gonna stuff. read my paper again. Classic stuff. I do like the mom in this one. She's a little fun. I mean, they've got some stuff, but I do think it's funny when she, when Kamala just wants to like sleep in. And she's like, "Come on, we're visiting. Don't be weird." She literally <laughs> just says, "Don't be weird." And I'm like, "It's fun. It's like we're visiting. We're here to visit. Come yeah, visit. Come it's visit." Like, yeah, that's you funny. wore Kamala wore jeans with the eat outside on <laughs> the patio. Not appropriate, is it? What was she thinking, Jack? Feels like it'd be too hot to wear jeans. This there. isn't. You're not in Jersey anymore. And thank God. Oh yeah. And so she's like, "Grandma, Grandma, what's what's going on?" I'm a gin, and she's like, "Yeah, yeah duh." Oh, yeah. And it's like, You're focusing on the wrong things here. <laughs> so, I mean, that's interesting, right? Because clearly it clearly it shows that her grandma always knew. And this is, I mean, as we see later in the episode, this is what her mom was always like, what are you and your fancy stories? But uh, she was just right. Just right the whole time. I mean, which is what we said, like, episode one, right? Because it's, or two, whenever they had that, like, story about, oh, the, the she had these fancy stories about a trail of stars. And it's like, well, that sounds like magic. And this is a, this is a show Sup- about a superhero show. Magic, superpowers or whatever. So, not really that. 
be on the pale, is it? Yeah. <laughs> and it's not. No. But she's just kind of nonplussed about it. She's like, yeah, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> we have superpowers. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, the bangle. And then she goes to the train station because she's like, I guess there'll be a clue there because the train. And then she meets um, another <laughs> strapping young man in her age bracket. This, this one I was like, oh no, Bruno's got some competition. <laughs> this poor guy, they just keep throwing him at And her. Bruno's not even around to defend oh, himself. Oh what's he going to do? He's at Caltech or whatever, maybe. I don't think he had, but... And he's all buff. He's been working out. buff. He's got knives. He's a... So he's a red dagger? Yeah. That guy's dad who's... Or... It's not his dad, is it? I don't think it's his dad. Okay, it's just another... It's just like his mentor guy who's like, Kamala, we're here. We've been... We've been protecting the world from these guys. They suck. Here's, here's a, a map. Here's a cool diagram in holographs. And they're just overlaid. So they're just like in... So See, he says they're in a different realm. Which I think is what she says last episode, right? Yeah. The, the main villain. Um... So it's it feels like it's a different thing almost than say like the multiple universe Spider Man kind of scenario like a, or like the Doctor Strange one for example I don't know different realm almost suggests to me that it's like overlit like the spiritual realm in the mirror dimension kind of thing like in mm. Doctor Strange where it's not really a different like universe it's like overlaid like on a plane top. of existence yeah which is kind of interesting like, do they look like something different there they probably, probably don't look like just humans they're, right? they're probably like beings of energy or yeah something. something weird like that. That's that's got that thing where it's like here's the barrier between our world and the Jin world or the Nor. Now it's all the same. Yeah. So I don't. Also, her right. mask. She's not mask. doesn't really hide her identity very well. Well, okay. I never think thing. those do. They well, do they ever? That's what I was gonna ask. Have those ever done a good job of hiding? But I identity? feel like they do in shows. They're like, oh, like masquerade balls. When you're wearing a mask like that, I can tell who you are. Those still. are a little bigger. Well, those can be much bigger than not the ones in the when Westworld. They're the same thing. You do a masquerade, and those masks suck ass. But, like, I don't know. If you didn't already know the person, I guess, but you got to remember. Like, if I put one of those on, you'd probably be like, oh, that's Zach. But if you never even met me and they had one, then would you be able to pick me up out of a lineup? Probably. I don't know. Like, every third superhero has those freaking domino masks, so I don't know what to say. Okay, I, better question. How do they stay on your face? Tape. Because a lot of... It looks like hers has, like, a strap, right? Which, good. But it does. in a lot of... A lot of times, like, Ro- Robin has that, right? That's something Robin always has. It, it seems like it's held on by nothing. Like, it just sticks oh, yeah, to your freaking just... face. And it makes your eyes white for some reason. Right. Why does and, it make his and eyes the, white? And the thing changes if you become more surprised. Ooh, they shrink and they grow and they, ooh. They so dilate with your pupils. About. That's because his eyes are actually big white spheres. The Winter Soldier has those in the comic. The does. domino mask. I don't get it. How does it stick to your face? Not very well. No, I, w- I wouldn't think so. It's what they have in The Incredibles. All of The Incredibles just have that. Image. I don't understand. They, you would, they don't hide much. Because you can still no. see the chin and the mouth. Well, they, they change like in broad daylight in that movie. You just be like, it's that family that I just saw too much. But now they're all wearing costumes. It's weird. And the mom is stretchy, <laughs> I think. Well, it's just that massive, absolute fridge of a man that I saw <laughs> dropping his kids off the other day. It's it's the same guy. I mean, he looked like a freaking superhero. He couldn't fit in his car, remember? Yeah. He was going... <laughs> but anyways. So, and then they, the bad guys show up. They break out of... Super prison. They break out of damage control because they pull a fast one and they just hit them a bunch or whatever. They hit the guards and they escape and then they're they're just in Pakistan. I don't know. They must have like teleporty powers or they just got on a plane. Hopped on a plane. Yeah, caught a flight. I guess they left Dreamboat guy there in America. Yeah, yeah. They leave him friend because he was too too conflicted. He's like, Mom, maybe don't kill that innocent girl. She was so willing to help. What are they? Do we still do we know yet what their supposed time crunch is? I don't know. Maybe that's because when he's like, Hey. She's literally at her brother's wedding. Could you give her like a minute? And she's like, no. No. No time. We've waited we've 80 waited years for it. So now that we're actually close and she's agreed to help us is when we can't can't spare another moment. It's like, surely you, you've learned a little bit of patience since then. Yeah. Or not. Does that make you more or less patient? You just you just explode. You do a Gary Oldman. I did my waiting. 12 years of it. 
That's probably what it is. Inez Well, yeah, Gary Oldman's in that movie. He's <laughs> great. He's great. Yeah. It's too old. They're all too old. I'll maintain that about the whole yeah, Alan far too old. Every single one of them. Yeah. Like, well, because Alan Rickman and him are supposed to be the same age, which is to say the same age as Harry's parents, which is to say, like, 30. They're not 30 in that movie. God, no. There's no chance. Because they're, like, very young when they die, and Harry's only, like, nine in that movie. Whatever. Or nine, because he's, like, 13. Beside the point. So, um, and then they, they track him down, and they kill the, the, the mentor guy, whose name I, I didn't even get to learn. What's his name? Let's, let's get it for the, for the record. See if I can nail it down. Um, but he gets knifed. <laughs> they get knifed the shit out of him. She sh- fucking shivs him, man. I knew that. I was like, man, he just got introduced and he's already dead. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Let's Do we know either of these guys? No. Should I go to the start of the scene? Right here. It's- See, like, her face didn't change that much. She took that mask off. Okay. Walid. Walid? Walid, yeah. Well, we can hear him. No, it's fine. Well, then it's going to be on the podcast. Go cut it out. I was right. Walid. <laughs> what? <laughs> you said Walid. I said Waleed. Bastard. Bro, it's literally in the um, audio. I don't... Do you think he's actually dead? Surely not, right? I hope not. That'd I don't think he's actually, actually dead. I think he's... I think he's Marvel dead. Be all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. He'll just be dead for a minute. He'll be back. But yeah, I don't know. It's gotta be intentional at this point, right? That they're just throwing a bunch of, like, young, <laughs> compatible men at Kamala left and right. It's gotta be. With. That can't be a coincidence. That's just another new guy. No, it can't be. Maybe they're all Bruno secretly. <laughs> he's just wearing different masks. Yeah. <laughs> he, can, he can split his body. Like uh, multiple men? Yeah, it's like multiple men. There you go. But he also changes their race, and they're make one of them a Jin. And then they they gotta like escape. Then she goes back in time. And then oh yeah, so the they do what do they do? What causes that? They're fighting. They're using, she's using her powers, and then oh she stabs the bangle, and then she gets like yeah flown back in time <laughs> to to partition. And it, yeah, it seems like she's on the the day that uh their, her family always talks about where her like. Great grandmother was lost, and her grandmother got on the train to to leave for Pakistan. So interesting, and it seems like she's stuck there. I mean, that's just where the episode ends, right? So it seems like she's just maybe kind of back in time, which is crazy. And it's, I mean, it's a pretty bleak picture that they paint, right? It's pretty pretty vivid. Like they they again, this is where the episode ends. They linger here in in full picture, and it, you get the wide picture, and it's like these people are like clamoring on top of the trains. It's it's pretty um it's pretty hectic looking. It doesn't look great. Oh, so. Yeah. And they're really leaning into this angle for the show, which is interesting. I didn't, again, I haven't read the comic, and it's my, it's really, my blind spot's being exposed here, regardless of because I usually, you know, all the comics thing is back. You make me read them, too. Yeah, usually. But I haven't this time, and I, I probably will once we're, once it's all done with, I'll, uh, bring up, bring it up on the old Marvel Unlimited, but, yeah, for the time being, I don't, I don't know if the comic deals as heavily with this kind of stuff, but it's interesting. It's a, it's a cool kind of route for them to go, is, like, Getting into some actual historical stuff. And a lot of people have said, and I, it definitely applies to me too, like I wasn't that familiar with this as a topic at all before this. So it's it's great to see, I think. I think it's I think it's cool. I mean, if you're actually going to do a show like about, and, and because they've been marketing it so heavily, it's like, yeah, we're doing Miss Marvel and she's she's a Muslim American superhero and all this. Like, yeah, actually lean into it, right? Yeah. Don't just have that be like flavor text. You may as well like actually make it address commit it. And, and make it part of the story so i think it's an interesting route to go with it we'll have to see where it goes i mean clearly it's it's a crazy event like i said i didn't know about it but like yeah it's it's pretty horrible and like yeah i mean like they get into it in this episode right of like oh the british do are leaving and i mean it's not uh, i'm not super knowledgeable on the topic but from the light reading i've done since then it's not super cut and dry right like a lot of historical stuff there's a lot of there is nuance to it unfortunately as much as we, we hate, hate to admit it, Jack, there is a little bit of nuance. God damn there. nuance of like, and and apparently a lot of the argument, a lot of the his, for for longest time, basically, in, when you're talking about the historiosity of this, people would be like, oh, it could have been worse. They could have they could have bungled it even worse. 
Like, that's not really a good argument, is it? Yeah, I, I guess we did cut off your legs. We could have cut your arms, too. It's but like, I do think it's one of those things where there probably was no perfect answer. And, like, they act... I guess the thing is, this show seems to want to paint the picture where it was just the British dudes who arbitrarily were like, we're splitting India in half, get fucked. That's not exactly true. It was, like, the popular, like, stance at the time, right? Like, in those... In the uh, Muslim-majority regions, uh... Uh, political power had like risen into power and won all the seats there they were, their main thing was they wanted a separate nation so like that's what happened mm. and then i don't think they've gotten into it much yet but then in the show here but then there's like the, all the stuff with bangladesh and how that all rose out like there's a lot of there's a lot of bad blood in that region oh yeah um, they do not like each other even to this day right so oh yeah and again it's not as simple as like it was all the british fault like that's easy and it's like nice i guess You'd like it to be that way, but I don't think it's quite... Things are never that simple, and no. especially in making a new country. Right. It's not... The thing is, it's, it is... I think they're because of uh, how they did a lot of that in, like, the 19th century. Like, the scramble to Africa and everything. Oh, just, yeah. Like, they just carve everything out. countries, right? The way they, they, where they treated the Middle East and, like, the, in, like um, Northern Africa after World War One, right? Where they were just like, you're Iran now. <laughs> this, is, this is a new country of Iraq. You heard of Syria? It's where you live. They did a, They really did bungle that, yeah. like, awfully, right? They just made countries that, and again... Drew lines in this, literally drew, the sand. Yeah, for no reason, across no lines, whatever. They did their best in this one, to an extent. Or they, they did, they made an effort, let's say, to try to divide it up into the Muslim and, like, Hindu majority areas. And obviously, it's questionable as to, like, whether that's a valid way to, do way to make a country, but mm-hmm. it is it is. So, I, again, it's just interesting to see, and again, I wouldn't have known any of this if not for... Yeah. For this show, so I think it's great. So and again, that's it's just like I mean, this is quite the image, isn't it? Of yeah, all the trains, just like, the train. And again, there's just they're just clamoring, just hundreds on tops of people and, trying to get on yeah, the trains. It's Kit, tough, man. Separation of families. It's it's wild stuff. I definitely wonder. There's only two episodes left. Obviously, it's only six. Yeah. So, what are you thinking? You think we're gonna get uh, just her meeting her grandma? Her I feel like there's got to yeah. She's gonna have like a back and back to the future kind of moments here, where like yeah, you know, she's gonna somehow resolve she, some. She's gonna stuff. teach. Jo- she's gonna do Johnny be good. Yes. And then his cousin Marvin's going to be like, it's me, your cousin Marvin. You know that sound you're looking for? Look, listen to this. I guess I didn't I, I didn't think of that. No, definitely not like literally. Oh, that's fun. It's the comic cover. Oh, they're standing there like this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not literally <laughs> back to the future. Like, I don't think she's going to be able to affect the present. I, I, no. So that's not what I meant. But I do think she's going to have like some kind of character moments and like at least learn some things. From what we can tell, right, from all the bits in Bob's Glean, it seems like her great-grandmother, Aisha there, right, even though she was originally a member of them, seems to have had a falling out with them, probably because she was like, fell with a human. I don't want to be evil. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are kind of being like, bad. Wait, guys, I don't know about being this evil thing, and because, I like this human guy yeah, pretty much. Well, because this Waleed guy says, like, you, she, whatever, she says some favorable, like, oh, any friend of Doug, daughter, granddaughter of our, whatever she is. Aisha's. Aisha, you're, you're swell. We can make an exception whatever. So, clearly, he, he knows her and likes her. So, yeah, I think she probably, she was like, you know what? We're not going to do your crazy militant attacking everyone methods. We're going to do it and like normal people. Yeah, and they, that's why, that's where they're falling out. I guess the thing is, like, she's got to be around somewhere, right? Somewhere. It's a weird revelation to have. I don't know how that, it's kind of like a Stormfront thing there, right? Where she'll show up and be like, hello, daughter. I'm the same age, and you're very old. You're very, very old. So I don't know what that's going to... I age slowly, right. not that'd, at all. That'd be weird, right? Or maybe she won't, but I don't know. It kind of feels like, right? I feel like she'll be dead. You think so? Because like, like, how would she get the bangle? Because that's the bangle that she gets yeah, yeah. from the thing. She leaves it with her daughter. She's like, oh, get on the train. I'll hold them off kind of thing, maybe? Yeah, and then she's like, all right, Kamala, let's talk. And I got to stay here and In maybe the past? Die. Yeah. That could be, yeah. Also, we skipped over a little bit, is that her, Kamala's mother and, obviously, oh, yeah, her grandma have, like, a 
daughter moment, and it's like, ah, maybe we can see like like a lot of things that have come out this year, generational trauma. Oh yeah, mothers yeah, and daughters. Thing. It's a new, it's new in really, thing. literally just mothers and daughters. A lot yeah, of that. But a lot of yeah, a lot of uh, turning red. Yep, Encanto. Yep, everywhere, everything, all at once. That's true. Maybe it's the just... Northman. Eh, not really. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> well, uh, no, actually, no. Still generational trauma with the Northman. In a way. In a way. More, more mythical. Yeah. What else? It's all three of them. Those movies. I mean, is though. your uncle killing your dad generational? I mean, it's a it's trauma and it affects a generation. I guess. It's not, I don't think that's a traditional. There you go. You, you said you've, sure. you've said both of the words. You say so. Yeah, it's a very good point, Jack. They're really going back to that well. I guess it's a thing. I mean, good on them. I guess it's, it's good stuff. It's mm. probably worth talking about a couple times. I say so. I mean, she's like, you want to come live in America, maybe with us, Norm? You're kind of getting like old. First of all, very big house they have there. Isn't very that a nice, nice house? house? I was like, I feel like it's got a big gate, be, right? I like that's got to be something. Where are they going to get a nice big house? Probably sold that gin money. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, the extreme rates are incredible. Like, you want to come live in America? She's like, I thought you didn't like me. She's like, well, no, I just didn't like being here because everyone made fun of me. She's like, that's not true. And she's like, well, it is. In my experience, it was true. I, I would tell you, very true. <laughs> Which is this the problem, huh? That's a classic parent thing, isn't it? It's like, well, I didn't see it. What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, I, that didn't happen to me, so I think you're making it up. And it's like, well, no, that's. Why are you lying to me? <laughs> Yeah, so that's good. They kind of had a hard time. They seem to be maybe patching things up because they were all like kind of iffy around the rocks this whole season because you've been like, what are you talking to your grandma for? My grandma and my great grandmother's bringing bringing shame on us and every blah, 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 blah. So hopefully they work past that. And I hope her her mom should have a moment of like, you know what? I care less about what people think, right? Yeah. It's got to be what she built for because she'd be like, you know what? My my daughter does have superpowers or whatever. She's a hero. And likes going to conventions and that's okay. Maybe she'll kiss this white cat, Bruno. <laughs> I don't. He's he's okay. He's, he's all right. right. He's we he approve the, him because he he's harmless. He comes to the mosque parties or whatever. So he's, he's got a grandma. On, he's put on the effort. So we got much else. What do you think? Nah, I probably could take out of that. Remains to be fun, right? I would say I don't. I don't think this episode excited me as much as some of the other ones. Maybe it's because the the supporting cast is not in this one. You don't. They're get, fun. Yeah. Bruno and uh, her friend. What's her name? It's I think it's Nakia. Kate. Nakia. They're fun. And they were in this one. She texts her and she's like a million times. She's like, "Yeah, answer. I don't lie to you about being nightlight or whatever." But, but hey, I, I think I had a good reason. I I think so. I don't. I mean, that's but that's classic misunderstanding stuff, isn't you it? You did the trope where you yell about a thing and I can't reveal my true secret. That's right. The trope, don't you know? And then she sent him the article from the TV tropes website. But yeah, she visited a Kevin Foggy production. He did it. He's there. <laughs> of course, he's there. Where else would he be? Right. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's fine. Uh, again, I mean, we we clearly got a lot out of it, so. It was all right, but I it definitely didn't excite me as much as some of the previous episodes. But we'll see how we round it out. I think it'll be all right. It should be. Yep. All right, so we're going to take out of that into less whimsical superhero content, we'll be honest, but just as good, probably better, I'd say. The Maybe. Boys. Season 3, Episode 7, the penultimate episode of the entire season. Uh, what's it called? Fucking hell. Fucking hell, I never know the titles. Oh, my God. You always know the titles. I usually do. You know, okay, well, hold on. The title of the Miss Marvel episode was Seeing Red. We didn't say it, but it's true. That's what it was. It's because of red, red knives or whatever, presumably. No, that doesn't make sense. Well, what did you think it was? You think it was a reference to the Pixar film, Turning Red? I did. <laughs> I like, oh, well, red. I mean, there was that part, there was that extended sequence where they go to the movie theater and watch the new <laughs> film, <laughs> Seeing Red, or <laughs> Turning Red, so they, they are seeing red. And, and they come out and went, why didn't they reference 9-11 at all in that movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, they did No one else would ever say that, Jack. No, but they did sit there, and they, and then it had that weird moment where it just plays the Pixar film turning red it's in, in its entirety, <laughs> but it's from, like, a weird angle from behind Kamala, and, like, you you're, you know, some of the screen is cut off by, like, her shoulders and her cousin's shoulder because you're, like, behind them, and it's very, like, what are we doing here? 
I, I will say that that moment took me out of it a little bit, but honestly, I enjoyed it even more. <laughs> it was really, really. Um, I mean, was it better the second time? Would you say probably better the second time? Okay, because I really got the full experience of it, as God intended, as God intended, <laughs> as the filmmakers intended, seeing it from behind. So, what's the title? I don't know. Here, oh, here comes a candle to light you to bed. There it is. That's a mouthful. What the fuck is that a title? Did somebody say birthday? Come celebrate at Buster Beavers with our new... Oh, that's important later. Okay, so here it is. All right, so we pick up where last season... Or last season. Last episode left off. As episodes do. So, they're all like... Again, more more satire to start off the episode. Which is fun. It's a nice hallmark of this show. And they're like... It's Starlight's VNN. crazy. She's... This is slanderous. She's... Homelander broke up with her. Now she's, she's just inspired. another silly woman. Silly woman with... Or a, she's crazy. She's cra- you break up with them and they all turn crazy. Am I right? Am I right, fellas? Bloody women. So they're doing that. <laughs> they're doing that, and it's no good. Um, it's fun satire, not fun. Oh no, yeah, it's good satire and all. But and then it's too good. Soldier Boy's being all weird with some older ladies. I don't even like, even is that. He's like, like Huey. <laughs> but the older they get, they're like fine wine, but so dry. It's like. Don't make eye contact with me. The hell's wrong with you, man? <laughs> Where's that? <laughs> then the producer guys. Where did that come from? The producer guys like, I hate all of you that you're here. <laughs> I'd say you're but well, welcome. I hate this. You, yeah. I thought you. Could, and then Huey has a dumb scene where he's like, "But Soldier Boy was a hero in World War II," and then he was like, "Let me tell you something, kid. He wasn't no hero." He was like, "What do you mean? What do you mean, <sighs> Huey? It's episode seven of season three of The Boys. How are you not? We went over this like episode." Three or four of the show when you were like, A-Train wasn't a good guy. I'm burning all my action figures. Or whatever he does. I'm smashing all my memorabilia. You know what? Even earlier. when he uh, Episode one, when he exploded your girlfriend, Robin. Well, of course. But he has that moment, as I'm saying. That's true. He's like, oh my god, he's not even good. And it's like, what are you, what are you talking about? And it, ah, But yeah. I, it is weird that he's like, but I thought Soldier Boy was... The-. First of all, actually, before even that. Even beyond your your whole thing of like, you, should, you shouldn't you should be... Not that, again, you should expect all of the superheroes to be bad guys as a matter of... Him, of course. You should. But you shouldn't be surprised when they turn out to be. No, right? not at all. Again, like, we've talked about the show. Obviously, like, Billy, for example, goes too far and of like, you all gonna fucking die. All the soup's gonna die. Maeve, I know you're pretty good and you're helping us. And, and you're, you're having good. sex with me. You seem to be a generally good gal. Good lass. But I'm gonna fucking kill you. And it's like, what? <laughs> What are you talking about, Billy? You're insane, what the Butcher. Fuck, man, <laughs> your name is Butcher. But so, like, that's weird. Um, but yeah, for Huey to be surprised when he's like, he wasn't a big guy. He didn't even do Normandy until two weeks after. He never fought no Nazis. He's the worst thing he ever did. He beat up some some pro- peaceful protesters in the civil rights movement. And, like, and he picks up on a Kent State. Oh, that sounds about right. He probably killed Kennedy. Worst person ever. He's horrible. He's horrible. He probably would. He would be. He'd be down for killing. That'd Kennedy. be a, that'd be classic. But if there's if there's anything that superhero things love doing for some reason, it's killing it's Kennedy. Kennedy. Eels, Ultraman does that. Ultraman. This is part of the comics where his backstory is that he's been alive and he gets he's real. He's a little like like eight years old. He's like I'm gonna be evil and then he lasers Kennedy in half huh. in Dallas. There it is. He's the lasers in know. half. That would show up on that Zapruder film, though. Probably. It's lasering him. In half. <laughs> I don't know if he lasers. I think he <laughs> he does laser him. I think. But yeah, the boys. Watchmen, X-Men Days of Future Past, Umbrella Academy. <laughs> Surprised they haven't done it already, frankly. That's, that's, yeah. But so, yeah, and then they're like, all right, we're getting the next guy on the, from mind the team. Mind freak. Yeah. Who's got mind control powers. He gets in your head and makes you, he traps you in a prison of your own making. Classic stuff. Classic you know stuff. You know, prison of your own design. And so we get a big, we get a big, like, 
uh, origin episode for Billy, kind of. Which yeah. is weird, because you think, like, they keep doing that this season, where we get more and more, and you, you think you had a pretty good handle on these characters, and you're like, oh, we're getting really deeper picture, which is good. I mean, it's cool that in season yeah. three of the show, we're still like, okay. Because they're all old enough that you're like, well, they got a lot of life, a lot of life to them, so they're not yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we got hints of this in season two, when his dad was like, Billy, it's all your fault, bruv. You fucked him. You, you sink or you swim. It's because I you that Lenny's dead. He's like, no, cunt. Fuck it. It's not my fault that you went homelander. You <laughs> bruv. Let me tell you something. <laughs> yeah, we get the whole picture. We basically just said, their, yeah, their dad was a horrible, abusive asshole. And then eventually, when Billy couldn't take it anymore, he's, he Left for the joins army? the SAS, like we know he did. And he's like, hey, it's all right. When I leave, dad doesn't like me, so he'll be nice to you. That I'm sure that always works. I'm sure that one, we really tested that one out a couple times. <laughs> and then he was like, screw you, Lenny. I don't, that's not my job to help you. Just quit, quit being a poof. That's got to be a thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's got to have more weight in Britain. silly British places. Yeah. It's a silly what? British word. <laughs> Only they would say poof. Don't be a poof. What? I got bad taste. Eat your beans and toast, Lenny. Uh, I made that joke we were watching. Because Billy, in, I mean, obviously, I know Billy has like a particular English accent that's not your your standard run. Although I don't know what standard even is. That doesn't mean anything. But whatever. I get that he probably has a slightly more extreme. But gosh, he skips over like half the half the letters in most of the words he says. <laughs> so you said a British person saying all the letters in a word challenge impossible. <laughs> impossible. They can't do it. They've never done it in their lives. Which I'm sure there's plenty of that that we do. I mean, I know there is certain words. It's just different words. And so they're wrong and we're right. Of course, because well, they lost. Listen, the Revolutionary War. If I've I've read it on the, the internet at least like three different times that we actually speak the same English that they came up with, and they changed. That's what I heard. We they used to call it soccer. It. They called it soccer. God damn it, Jack! <laughs> that wasn't us. That's not our fault. Have we yes. done this before? I think we might have gotten into we, the soccer thing before. We've done God, everything we've done is we've God done damn again. it! It bears repeating, Jack. That's not our fault. It's okay? not my fault. No American guy just one day was like, what, what if we call it soccer, guys? Why would you pick soccer? Well, you wouldn't. Well, also, we're not we're not the only... Sp- Listen, gridiron football is football, but like, so is soccer football. I think that's what they called it. Sometimes they call it rugby football. They have Aussie rules football. They're all like variations on the same like idea game. So they'd be like, oh, football, you don't use your feet. Sh- shut up. You don't use your feet hardly in rugby. Not at all. I don't think Whatever. you are. Yeah. Well, you kick it like you do in football. I don't understand rugby. I know you I've don't. seen one match of rugby. Didn't understand a goddamn thing was going on. So, anyways, <laughs> and then his brother kills himself on screen. Pretty grim. And it's pretty dark. Well, yeah, and he's trapped in his mind the whole time, and he sees it. And his brother turns to him and does a memory talk. He goes, "Billy, I can see you, and you're gonna kill everyone. You killed me. You killed your wife. You're gonna kill Huey. Just and you know he was all a good guy, and now you're making him horrible. bad. Everyone who's ever loved you dies. Your wife died. Yeah, and like and Huey died. Huey's the only person trying to keep you." Sane, not be a horrible monster, and you're gonna kill him too. And then what do you got? Who do you got then? No one. Probably Ryan. Well, I, I push Ryan. Push that kid away. Yeah. Grim. Very grim. And and so up. then, like Soldier Boy and Huey are tracking down because they're like, ah, it's all right. We'll, we'll use. Well, Soldier Boy's like, ah, who cares? I'll kill. Screw him. your buddy. And Huey's obviously like, well, no, I'm gonna get my freak to let him out. And then he gets somebody tell him He's like, hey, I'll help you out. I'll take you where you want to go. What do you tell Soldier Boy? Um, Soldier Boy he does. Up. He does let him out. And Billy's like, oh. And he's a moment where he's like, oh, Lenny, I'm sorry. Oh, bro. Oh, you know. Oh, sorry. Hey, sorry. Sorry, bro. Sorry. You, eh? Anyway. So, uh, that's a good moment. Because he's like, all right, where do you want to go? And then Soldier Boy throws a knife through his eye. Oh, yeah. And then that guy's done. And then he smashes his head and went to shit. He tells him something about the events that went down, which kind of ties into Noir. Black Noir's thing, who is, um, as he's pointed out, he's just crazy. I mean, he's, he's, he's as crazy, but differently than the rest of them, I guess. 
he seems to have just like full on schizophrenia. schizophrenia where he's just imagining a bunch of um, cartoon characters being alive and talking to him. So he goes to a, an abandoned pizza parlor. Of like, like a Chuck E. Cheese style. So a Buster's Beaver, which is That's what this birthday party thing is, with a bunch of like cartoon characters. There's like a whole cast, an eagle, a couple cows, a fox, and a beaver and all that. And he has a bunch of bowls. And if you notice, I didn't notice the first time, but we just watched it again before we started recording. He is dumping baked beans, but you can see as he's doing it, there's like black masses underneath where he's poured baked beans before. So he's constantly doing this and not replacing the bowls. Because he's not eating it. He pours yeah. it out for his imaginary and they all, friends to eat. And they all come out to eat them. And he's hanging out with them. And the beaver's got a stutter. And he's like, hey, buddy, you got to face it. Remember that time you paralyzed that kid in this restaurant? And you were upset about that? And you were very sensitive. So basically, it's revealed that uh, he has grudges with Soldier Boy because he was going to be Beverly Hills Cop and they gave it to Eddie Murphy. So it's very funny. Because Soldier Boy called the uh, Don Simpson and was like, hey, this guy's not funny. Put Eddie Murphy instead. <laughs> Probably a good choice. Black Noir doesn't seem to be a very, no. to have great comic timing. So and then so then he beat the hell out of him. And then they were like, fuck you. And then Nicaragua stands like, get rid of him. We got Homelander now. And so he's like, yeah. Fuck this we'll guy. Get him. And they all team up and beat his ass. And then we find out that the burn he has and the gash in his head is from Soldier Boy. He like put him in a like a burning car and then he like gouged his head out with a his shield. In the the little animated thing, his brain falls. Literally, out? parts of his brain fall out. I don't know if that, that far. Yeah, I don't but know. it probably caused. Intense I mean, brain I would damage. say yeah, he definitely has damn. I mean, that's probably why he is the way he is now. He probably can't speak any longer. Yeah. From what we've seen now, yeah, because of the Nicaragua flashback and everything, and you see his head's all messed up. It's probably not like a choice thing anymore. Well, I mean, that's kind of what we thought, I guess. But why can't he heal? I don't know. I mean, we've talked about it. We don't. We still don't really know what what is his thing, other than again being like Batman. He's just pretty strong and like, well, he's very stealthy, but that's not really a superpower, right? Because no, he can't talk, right? And um, yeah, I don't know. He seems generally really strong and durable. Like he gets he gets all burned up in season two, and he doesn't even care, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's not really clear what his deal even specifically is or why he hasn't healed. I mean, I guess, as we've seen, I mean, they don't all heal from everything, right? There is, like, a, a uh, cap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so Homelander in this episode is all bruised up from their fight last week. You know, like, Stormfront didn't just grow her limbs back or whatever. So, there's clearly, like, a, yeah, uh, a ceiling on what you're actually able to fully heal from. I think it's getting half your face burned off. Yeah, probably getting your skull broke open and your brain's splattered out would probably meet that threshold especially if your brain's the one trying to heal but then i guess he comes to terms with that at the end and he's like thanks beaver friend <laughs> i will go beat up soldier boy probably so team up at the end he's gonna join in with it yeah there's gonna just be a big brawl like the end of last season probably maybe um, so who else we got Maeve. we see her again briefly yeah, so we she's still alive which is good to see i didn't actually think they killed her off screen no it's because she's important reasons they've set her up narrative reasons meta reasons you know, oh, yeah. killer off screen but then he's like i'm gonna take your eggs Maeve. horrific really upsetting it's, and it, the way he phrased it is classic it's fucked homelander because she's he's like you know i thought when we were dating i was like man i really want to have kids with you because i'm really fucked up and she's like if you try to rape me i'll kill you and he's like Maeve, i would never i'm gonna steal your eggs though but i would steal your eggs i'm gonna do that but don't worry when you die god forbid if you died I'll just take the eggs and put my sperm in them and make super babies and raise them as my own. Because they'll be stronger than Ryan's. They can kill my dickhead son because he won't be he won't be as strong as me or something. Horrible. Or it'll be that, yeah, horrible. Just horrible. And he's still reeling because, like, he's, it's really starting to blow up in his face. Like, he has this whole, like, oh, I'll just kill everyone. And maybe he still will. But, like, 
again, he has said, like, he would rather be loved. He doesn't want to do that, so it's all kind of blown up in his face with this Starlight video. There's not so much. He's, like, he's like ranting and raving on stage of, like, Starlight's a human trafficker and all this. And even Victoria Newman there has to be like, bro, you're, you're losing it. You're and he grabs her. Yeah. Well, I don't know why she got that close to him. I wouldn't. I wouldn't she clearly was confident in, like, her, like, talk-down ability. She really, she seemed to, yeah. Yeah. Think she had it on her Everybody's control. got a plan until the crazy Superman I mean, grabs insane. you in the neck. Yeah, you really can't get get armed. I mean, not that it matters, but like... Give yourself a little bit of a head start. Yeah, at least. <laughs> right? So you can like dive out of the way. Oh, man. Just the work. He's like standing in his room just going crazy, talking to himself again, or imagining himself. I don't even know what he's up to. He's no good. Something, something bad's going to happen soon, probably. We and do then... We do actually... Um, I think we get confirmed what Soldier Boy does with his powers. Because he says they burns the it burns v the V out of him. Yeah, so that's what. We oh know. yes. So then Kim, there's a lot. There's a lot happening in this episode, huh? Yeah. So the so Kimiko and Frenchie meet back up with um and them and Starlight. Starlight, and then Kimiko's like, "Can you get me some V?" And then she does, and she takes it, and she's good again. She's back. So that kind of got resolved. I mean, they do have a heart heart as well. There's there's some character things that oh, happen. God. Like Frenchie does ketamine. Frenchie's high on ketamine, but then Kimiko's like. You're, it was weird when we kissed because we're more than that. We're family. Is that? So, I mean, we joke, Jack, but like, not that we're here. Did, did he actually get like family zoned by her? Is that like saying like, hey, what we have isn't a romantic thing at all? I th- I think it's gotta be romantic. That's, yeah. That, that'd be I, feel, weird, I right? feel like you just said family like they're all her family. Yeah. Like her and MM right. and Annie and Huey and Butcher. Because he likes all of them. Yeah. I mean, we said last week that his reaction was kind of strange because it's like he wanted this the whole time yeah yeah he's been like madly in love with her like since like minute one since he literally was it episode yeah the first episode they met he started calling her moncour that's weird that's not a that's not like a platonic family kind of thing no or whatever maybe she doesn't know what moncour means maybe but but she again she kissed him and then he was all like oh i don't know I don't know what that's about. I think strange. I think it's just like a general everyone's kind yeah. of family. Well, because we also get that moment where he's like, he was like, he's my family, now. which is nice. It's all about found family, isn't it? That's what everything is. Generational trauma and found family. That's what we're all about in the year 2022. God bless them. God bless them. So they're family. And then start, yeah, so that gets it. And then she gets Homelander on Instagram live. <laughs> she gets him. She exposes him in 4K <laughs> and then just gives him a look. Just- so that's good. That's, that's not going to, I mean, that's not going to be good for him. That's going to contribute to the, the absolute meltdown he's presumably going to have next week. Oh, yeah. Um, And then, I mean, I guess they're like, oh, okay, so then the, I guess the, the big end of, well, okay, so there's a couple of things right at the end. So, um, Starlight is like, hey, Billy, um, when I was in the lab getting that V, I read a thing. It says that you, everyone dies within three to five doses of Temp- temporary v. v. How many doses have you had? He's like, oh, bro, a couple, couple might. They're over three. They have to be over three now, right? Le- Huey's at at least three, because it was the Russians, it was Herogasm, and it's this. That's three. That's three. So Billy's at four. Billy's at four, because he did gunpowder, and then the three Huey did with him. Unless we're, yeah, unless we're missing one, but I don't think so. So, yeah. What did you say that word? Herogasm, uh, so this, and the Russia. Russian. Yeah. Yeah, so Huey, right. Huey takes it, yeah, but then Butcher takes it to kill gunpowder. To kill gunpowder, so he could have four. So they're both in the danger zone. <laughs> Not a very, very quick danger zone. I mean, it makes sense, though, doesn't it? I mean, you're you're fucking giving yourself superpowers, yeah. and your I brain's leaking. If you can believe that a uni- in a universe where you can take a pill to give you super or whatever, shoot up to get super, I can easily believe that it would kill you in a couple. Oh yeah, who knows what's in that shit? You know, yada yada. That's what the conservatives thought the vaccine was, <laughs> <laughs> bro. If they, if the vaccine gave you that, though, so they'd be lining up around the block. That's true. 
I mean, I guess, you know, it's a uh, yada yada candle that burns twice as bright, burns half as long. Something like something. You get it. Something something Blade Runner, I think. Yeah, gotta be, right? Tears in the Rain? I don't like that movie. Shut up. No one asked. No, literally no one asked then. I'm not gonna lie. Why you gotta do that? that to mean. upset me. I mean, I know why. Yeah. That was rhetorical. But so then, um, he's like, yeah, bro, I'll, I'll tell you. He just doesn't. Crazy. I couldn't believe it. We thought, like, I literally said while we were watching it, because we watched it again here, and I was I was saying out loud, I said, well, he just had the moment. He just he, had He did the character. Moment. He just had, like, a come-to-Jesus moment, where he's like, his brother's like, you're gonna kill everyone who loves you, you idiot. And I was like, that'll work. That'll, that'll, that'll have an effect on Billy. And he'll be like, Huey, we can't, I gotta, I thought he would do, like, a you can't do it, but I still can. It's not gonna, I'm not gonna go out anyways, me and Omlander. You know, Omlander. But no, it's not. He's just like, yeah, we're gonna do it, buddy. We're gonna have a great time. We gotta go pick up some more. And then he does the, let's go get, and let's get me, you, and Granny Fucker, and go get this, finish yeah, our fucking job. Not gonna get it done. And that's where the, <laughs> so that's it. I, it's gotta happen next episode, I guess. I mean, you can't, I guess you don't put that in the second or last episode. You have his actual character development in. The last the absolute finale where he can be like, you know what? It's not important because family. You can lead in the season You're four. You're my family, Huey. Also, M.M. punches out Todd. That's true. He does Todd. it every ex-dad's dream, punching out his ex-wife's <laughs> new man. <laughs> Which kind of deserved it. I mean, they're definitely leaning into the like, again, we've been saying it all week, all season. And really, again, it's been all show, but it's I guess it's even more. I mean, see, here's the thing. Last season, they literally do the whole Nazi thing. I don't know how. You've said it before, but I don't know how you can watch a show and be like, politics? <laughs> Homelander's not squeak, the, squeak, squeak. What? Homelander's not secretly the good guy. Homelander's sympathetic, but not empathetic. Well, yeah, see, it makes me feel. It makes me feel like I'm. We're the assholes because we've said a couple times on here that one of the strengths of this show is that, like, even the villains are kind of sympathetic, right? And we've said before, not to the extent that, like, actually he's the good guy all wrong because that's the that's what some people are going running with. We've never said anything to that extent, but I'm like, yeah. are we the baddies? <laughs> Classic. Are we the ba- we got skulls on our uniforms? Are we contributing to the like to the shit narrative? I'd like to think not. I like to think there's enough nuance in our discussion, but as much as we hate that, yeah, again, fucking. But yeah, apparently a lot of people are just like, I thought Homelander was just misunderstood the whole time. Well, no, you're not watching the show, buddy. Right. So oh, that time like- where he let that plane of people crash and destroyed the plane. That was sympathetic. Jack, what was he going to do? Catch it. He can fly. What was he going to push off of, remember? Or whatever? Anything. I don't know. I mean, he's already flying. So what do you push off of when you fly home? Whatever. Yeah, I don't. So, I don't. So, because he's like, why'd you take her to a <laughs> the freaking Homelander rally? And <laughs> even the mom's like, you did what? Yeah. Why'd you take her there? He's like, what? Homelander? Come on. The, the establishment media. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's literally, come on. Right? It's pretty on the nose. Again, this show... Has never been that subtle with it. No, be no. like the fake news. They're called VNN. You. Oh, yeah. He's like when he's like the fake news will tell you that, but Homelander's the hero. Starlight's the real villain. It's like come on, you just again. It's not super subtle with its satire, so I don't get people who are like what? They've been what? woke in season three. They've been woke the whole time. My brother woke the whole time. Right. And again, I I sent you a thing this week of someone I saw on Twitter who was like idiot, only idiots or whatever, only only far right people believe that this show that the the villains are sympathetic and the show goes after the left and right. And I think that's a reaction. Because like I said, I do think they are somewhat sympathetic because you make interesting characters. They make right? a good show. You, may, you need a hint of that. Again, they're not right, but there's a hint of that. And I do think that it goes, there's a little bit of satirizing both sides of the aisle. Right? Definitely. I think you could I'd definitely argue that it goes more the one direction than the other, but just be like, no, nah, it's totally not. I don't know. You can, you gotta, you gotta be able to take out. If you could dish it, you gotta take a little bit of it, huh? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, last thing is A Train. He's the last one. I was going to say, yeah. I was just he, basically, it's not too much. Uh, yeah. He wakes up. They gave him Blue Hawk's heart. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Yeah. They just, I, I was like, I can't believe his heart fits because he's taller than Blue Hawk, I think. How different are hearts? It's a weird thing to think about, isn't it? But like different size people, different, different size, size organs. I maybe it's uh, maybe it's close enough, and they're super. Maybe it kind of dies. Yeah, easier. maybe whatever. Yeah, again, it's comic book shit. Yeah, and then Ashley's like, "Wow, I can't believe you, who, you Blue Hawk saved your life, and you both died fighting Soldier, Soldier Boy. Boy. Killed the two who tried to kill you and, and killed. And it's like, well, because he's like, yeah, yeah. The funny thing about that scene is it seems like A Train's like going along with it, as in like he he thinks he's getting away with it. For a minute before he, I think it, it must dawn on him, like, oh no, there. You've got me. Right. Because he's like, yeah, that's what, I mean. and it's like, hey, Train, they found you like two miles away from where you started with a, with a, <laughs> with a meat crown of a man that you dragged behind you. <laughs> and a heart that was mushed. <laughs> so, like, there's no way they, that's not going to fly. I'm surprised his heart still worked. His heart was able to be extracted. Uh, he wear all the way into the Because he drags him across the ground on his front. Yeah, no. It's not that much, I mean, it's not that much between, I can feel my heart beat right now. You dragged me for two miles. Probably see it eventually. Yeah, you're probably right. Also, they didn't like. That's not how you preserve it. You can't just kill a man and then be like, "Give me that heart." Give me it's that like heart. there's like more processes involved. But again, don't worry about it. It's not that big a deal, yeah. is it? But so like, presumably he gets to be a good guy too. Maybe and we've been saying all season like, they've been toying with that for him. Yeah. I think he won't do a lot in this finale. Honestly, he didn't do. A, he has because I think next season might be his like come to the come to the Jesus arc like for real, and then. Like if okay, we're gonna do a my. We seem to really be coming to terms with it more this season. Yeah, I would it'll say be the, if we're doing a five season timeline, four he'll probably be on the edge, and then five he'll be like on the good guys. It'll like that'll be whenever season four I think is when everyone's gonna make their final side, and that's their arc. And season five is the culmination of all those arcs. It could be, or he could be like a yeah, like a double agent kind of thing for the next season. Yeah, still on the inside, but like kind of like Maeve was. Yeah, yeah, I can see. I don't think I. Well, met. I guess the other one, I, the other like C plot is the deep. The deep. They're, they're kind of gross equal footing. Yeah, he's, he's, that comes to a head where he's like been fucking that octopus this whole season. He's like, wife, shouldn't let's let's bring our third partner in. And his wife seems kind of receptive at first. Like, oh, who are you in mind? He's like, this octopus. What the hell, man? What the hell? And then she's like, you're an idiot, like a yeah. dumb, dumb man. And you know what? I'm gonna leave then. And you mean he's like, I don't need you, bro. You're you're so stupid. <laughs> he's such. He's just a fucking goof. He hasn't. He hasn't really changed much at all. A train seems to actually going through, and again, like like they call him out for in this season, a, a fair bit of that development seems to have come from a direct thing affected him. And I was like, and again, that's better than nothing, though, right? Where you can yeah. be like, oh shit, something happened to my brother. Now I can kind of see, I understand to an extent what all this is. Like like he has that moment too, where he's like, you know what? I am actually kind of sorry. I get it. Again, it's because something directly ha- happened to him, and that's. That's not how you'd like people to be, but it's better than nothing. But it's more realistic. The deep really is serious. <laughs> he hasn't changed much at all. No. So. He just went to Sandusky and was like, I gotta join a cult. And then he was like, I'm leaving the cult. I'm going clear. <laughs> the fuck's wrong with him, man? Listen. That's like crazy. It's an animal, man. He's like, he's got all these, he's like, she's got thoughts. She thinks you're hot. She's an octopus. She doesn't have a lot of thoughts they at all. They barely have two thoughts to rub together, surely. But they can make, they can do puzzles. Yeah, but that's And open jars. Oh, yeah, and crows are as smart as seven-year-olds or whatever, Jack. They can't talk, can they? No, they can't. So, how smart could they really be? You're, that octopus can solve a puzzle or whatever, but can it Can, can it drive it a add? car? Can it add, Jack? No. Could it add two, you think? Could it add one and one? Real simple shit. Could it understand the concept of one? Well, no, of course not. That's what I'm saying. So there's no way that... I mean, he would know, I guess. He's the one talking to him, but... I wonder if that's not just him projecting. 
He might just be crazy like the rest of them. I mean, why wouldn't he be, frankly? He talks to his gills, so I guess why not? That was right? when he was on acid. No, he was on mushrooms. Was it? Yeah, he was remember. talking to him for a while though. Yeah, he was. He was on mushrooms for he a while. He kept doing them. Okay, yeah, because he okay. drank that. So drink the potion. Yeah. shit they get. Okay, the fair enough. Eagle the archer. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, his wife's really been really pushing him along this season. I, he's, he's a fool. He's a fool. <laughs> but on I don't. Issue. I mean, I don't care. He's <laughs> if a he bad, crashes bad and burns because he's no good. Yeah, he's a bad man. Yeah, he's, he's been like he's shown zero repentance. So fuck him. Cares? Yeah. I mean, his wife doesn't seem to be a great character either. Like she seemed to be like kind of a social climbing, like leveraging him for influence kind of thing so i guess but whatever yeah no good don't stick your dick in an octopus i'm just gonna Ugh. say that i think they got a beak man Ugh. gross upsetting i think that I, I don't know if i mentioned this early last week or some other week but i did uh, like how they um, portrayed um mm's ocd actually how ocd is and not like i just want things clean because i, I want, want all my clean. pens in a row on my desk yeah because he because his is actually like an accurate depiction where it's like oh no if i don't do this stuff Bad things it's are going to happen. It's just compulsive. Like, yeah. It doesn't make... It, there is no... Rhyme or reason. Lo- yeah, there's no logic to it. But That's you have to point. do it. And then it gets right. worse. Depending you on said it's get, it, it got overused for... I think people have tuned back on it a little recently, probably because of... But yeah, for the longest time on the internet, it was like, I'm so OCD. I, my room needs to actually be like clean. It's like, no. OCD is like, I need to flick my light switch on and off 30 times or the, my grandma will die. Or the exact right way. And if it's not the right way, I have to do it yeah, again. start over. Again. Yeah. Again, it's it's obsessive compulsive. It's not just like did, did you know I want things to be clean because it bothers me. Like that's a lot. That's a lot of people. That's most. That's how you're it's not me as much sometimes. Oh, but. oh, it's not you, brother. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of people are like that to an extent. That's not the same. But yeah, like he's just sampling out his ketamine cigarette. <laughs> his ketamine cigarette, I guess. And he's like doing it. A, yeah, he just keeps going. He's like, you're in a fuck state. You in the fuck state, man? I think we are both off in a bit of bad spot. Do you think, man? The Lord hates oh, quitters. <laughs> oh my God, he had some. Or not he? Frenchy yeah. had some. Frenchy had some banger lines. Yeah, when he was, he's like, I thought you quit. And he's like, The Lord hates quitters. <laughs> that was good. It is a vapor, painful death. But sort of boy, it is a nap. When he says, um, he's like, it will be the great sorrow of my life that I not, I did not get to see your orgasm. <laughs> Which is very funny, you know, because the last week they both Billy said, and Emma both had the line where they're like. Frenchie's going to be so upset that you missed this. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a good callback. Uh, um, and I guess, so the actual very big final reveal is um, Soldier Boy calls home on the phone and is like, hey, I'm your dad. <laughs> they made you from me. That's why you're so good. <laughs> so that's wild, huh? Yeah. What do we think? Do you think that's ac- accurate? Because I could, I could see it being either one, honestly, that it's it true, or they just did it to fuck with him. I think it is true. Because, like, why else... Like, why would they be so sure? You know, because like, if Homelander was just some random kid, like, oh, he can fly. Is he going to be a stronger soldier boy? Because in what in nineteen eighty four, he'd be like three years old, four years. He old? said he's born in eighty one, so he'd be like, yeah, yeah. Th- he'd be yeah. in three when they took him to Nicaragua. Yeah, because so, because Stan's like, he's, we've got a kid, we think he's going to be, yeah, yeah. So they'd be like, they'd have to be, and Stan wouldn't take a risk like that unless he absolutely knew. So that's kind of their whole thing. So I think they'd be like, I think it is true because he because that guy told them. Because, like, he told him, like, as he was dying, so why would he lie? Vogelbaum? Or... No, the, um... Oh, the... Mind the Freak. Mind Freak. Is, you think that's what he told him? Okay. Oh, yeah. that's... Yeah, I think it's 100%. Makes sense. Because how course. else would he know? Of course, yeah. It makes perfect sense. That's why he brushes his head they in. Made, they, they made a kid from you, and that's why they didn't need you anymore. Because that's what... He's like, why'd they kill me? They need me. Why would... Yeah, why would... I'm Black, sick. I'm a soldier boy. I'm just Black an Noir did, had let it, but he wouldn't do it unless Vought told him to. Why did Vought tell him to do that? That kind of thing. So I think it is true. true. I think it makes perfect sense too. I think, it and works. plus, it kind of has to happen because that's the whole point of Homelander. He yeah. kind of doesn't have a family because he's a monster man. Yeah, 
So yeah, now perfect. he's like, my hero, who I'm also, I always looked up to, and I'm afraid is the only person who can beat me. Is my dad. And is my dad. I guess me and Butcher have abusive dads. Well, that's the thing. They are kind of mirrors of each other in some ways. Yeah. Both going to kill each other at the end. And you got to kill your dad to become your dad, right? So. And fuck your mom, maybe. Something like that. Freud would love it. Yeah, Freud would know. Freud would love it. Homelander in the show. Oh my god. <laughs> like, I was right, I was right, I was right. <laughs> this fictional character is And they did cocaine. <laughs> and they would do a shit ton of cocaine. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, but I guess what do we want to wrap up with like a final prediction for the finale here? Soldier was gonna die, I, right? I know, I think he's gonna switch sides. I think he's gonna fuck off. Like, he's not gonna. You think they're gonna keep him around? I think, yeah. I mean. Well, you're right. He can't, okay, here's the thing. He definitely can't be like in play. I think, yeah, I think something's going to happen where he'll be, like... Something has to happen where he's not helping them continue. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's got to go f- do something. I, mean, I don't know, you say that, right? But they brought in, um... I mean, Stormfront was essentially just one, one season done. in and out, right? That's true. But I guess my thing is that, like, Stormfront was in it from, like, the very beginning of the season, and Stormfront doesn't really start being a character to the end, but I guess it doesn't. I mean, Jensen Ackles is great and all, but he's not, like... He's, he's, he's not, like... He's not, an a, like, an actual A-lister or anything where you gotta, you gotta get your money's worth out of him. Like, he's That's done true. great on this. He's, he's done his role fine. I don't think it would be a travesty if wrapped it up. Because, I mean, can you keep a piece like that on the board here? Because he's, he's kind of too good, right? Like That is true. He can he can beat them all. Like, uh, yes, if he, he, he only has to get home at her once and then they win, so... Or any of them. I mean, they just keep him around and he's just zapping them all with the anti-power But I think he's got to kill Noir, though. Maybe they'll kill each other. Because Noir's, Noir's the last guy he's got to kill. Because everyone else in his team is dead. He's I mean, that would make sense. I mean, here's the thing. Noir's great and all, but like he isn't much of a character in this show. If, That's true. If, he, if, he, if this was the end for him as well, I think it would make sense. They've actually given him some more time this season, fleshed him out a little bit. And this could be his, his end, too. Apparently, in the comic, there's a big twist with Noir that oh. like switches everything up. But they, have, they obviously didn't do it. It's like who his true identity is. No, I don't know what it is. I, I, and I've heard they don't like because of what's happened in the show. It doesn't seem like it's it's not going to pan out because he has like brain damage and can't talk. And right. Not okay. He sees all those cartoon characters. Right. right. So I think that could work. Is like they go out together. I mean, again, it seems like it really does feel like we're building up to the end of last season, but like even bigger. Mm-hmm. So instead of just like Maeve, Starlight, and Kimiko beating the shit out of mm-hmm. Stormfront, it's like we run out Soldier Boy there, and probably Huey and Butcheron Powers, and A Train, and Kimiko's back in there, and Starlight, and Homelander, and our Homelander, and Maeve. Well, yeah, we're all fighting each fighting other. Noir. Noir. Like it's going to be gonna be a real cluster, probably. So maybe the Deep will help. Yeah, maybe A Train is back in. His heart's working again, so he can, he could, I mean, he could make his switch this time. I, I could run through, he could him. run through the Deep. That'd be very funny. I, again, they haven't done much of anything with the deep. He's still just kind of the comic relief, almost. So I don't know. I yeah. mean, I guess you keep him for that, anyways. Who cares? But I, I wouldn't care if they killed him. To be honest, he did, he's gross. He's just yeah. awful. He's just stupid. If he, if his, if his uh, ticket got punched this season, I think it would work. Maybe the deep will kill Soldier Boy. Uh, I think we gotta do something because, like, they built. I feel like they built quite a lot. Well, here's the thing: how many have they really killed? Right. Because, you know, the whole season, season one, for example, Huey's whole thing is like, I want to go day train because he killed my girlfriend. And nothing comes of that, right? Just they killed Translucent. Translucent. Yeah, episode two or three. That's it, right? I mean, yeah. they haven't killed many of the superheroes, really. Plus, no, other than the, Huey they, kills the, uh, the mind reader guy who touches your, can touch you and read your mind. And he kills him in that sink because he betrays them. Homelander. Huey kills him? No, no. Butcher kills him. The Haley Joel Osment? Yeah. 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 So but the, I'm saying those are all these like side little ones that get introduced in like one episode. Then killed. Yeah. 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 Listen, I agree. So, like, all these little guys. Yeah. Like, all the Soldier Boys teams and stuff. But as far as these actual, like, the seven and everything, I don't know. They don't actually, they haven't actually been dropping. The boys have not been super successful in their endeavors to kill a bunch of soups. So, 
I, it wouldn't surprise me if we actually got us some kill counts in this one. Because last season, no one died. I mean, Stormfront's defeated, but she even then survives. She survives. I mean, she's dead now, but. I mean, yeah. Soldier Boy technically kills more in Herogasm based on what Homelander says. He kills like I mean, seven of them. He gets a bunch of them just because. So I think it would make sense to have a couple, maybe, actual characters bite the dust next episode. But I mean, we'll see. I'm not going to. Again, won't be like a, a prerequisite for the finale being good. I think it's going to definitely come. The Shining bits are probably still going to be, again, the story moments of, like, probably Huey and Starlight, Storm, Starlight like, patch it up and be like, ah, oh, I was being bad. And then Butcher can have a moment of, like, Huey, you like me rough. Huey. And then MM, I don't know. Like, they, they have all got some, some shit to work through this season. Like, I don't know, Butcher. I don't know. He's, he's still you. He's probably at a moment where he's, like, he wants to kill Todd. <laughs> I was going to say Soldier Boy, but oh. sure, Todd. <laughs> And then they have to be like, no, I mean, it's like you said, we, you, the canary thing. You know, analogies, callbacks. Parallels. You can't If you do them, you become like them. We're no better than them. Good. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll, stuff. Themes. I predict there will be themes. What a great prediction. That would probably I could take out of it. Into J Science Corner slash Thoughts on Jurassic World. I <laughs> saw Jurassic World on Monday. And I listened to the podcast about it, so I get all my thoughts. And I agree with Zach on most things. Um, so we work together, together, yeah, generally. But I other want Westworld and James Bond, and a couple of things. <laughs> God, James Bond sucks. You didn't have to bring it up. You could have just left well enough alone. But you had to say it, didn't you? Just had to. Uh so anyway, one of my big gripes with it is because I'm a science boy, and I go, mm, those those dinosaurs shouldn't be there. Also, kill the dinosaurs. Kill those dinosaurs. They, but they're alive, Jack. Are you? Aren't you for preservation? Is that not your field? No, invasive species are bad and should be killed. But should they be extincted? If they don't belong there, if they're out of time, yes. If it, if a, if a species becomes invasive, they should be extincted like from Asian that area. Like Asian carp, right? Well, that's not what extincts mean. Well, yes, but in this sense, yes. <laughs> I'm just saying, in this sense. Okay, here's my th- <laughs> here's my thing. They why would they let those pterodons nest in a city? Why wouldn't they shoot them with guns? They're in a city. They're going to so eat people. Protected, probably. I don't know. That's insane. They're in a city. They're going to eat people. I think in the forests. I can. I can. Okay. I can believe that. I think the thing you're looking for, Jack, is realism. It looked cool for the opening Maybe too montage. Angry. It right? took me a minute to get over that. I was a little upset watching it. But my main... okay. You said you listened to it and agree with my thoughts. Me and Con literally went. Well, those are just for the montages, right? Just in the beginning and the end montages, we see the dinosaurs hanging out in the world. I, we talked about this. I we 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 did. In the they, beginning, they're like, oh my god, they're on the skyscraper. Oh my god, they're, they're ringing havoc. Is that Rexy running into a freaking drive through driving movie? And they didn't address it ever again. Well, and at the and end. then the montage at the end, you're like, the elephants and the, and the triceratops. triceratops are walking together. They're doing the Lion King. And I don't know other stuff. The, the pterodons are taking off with the, the geese. <laughs> Canadian geese. Dumb. Why? It's just not. They're coexisting, Jack. They not. found harmony because nature. No, they're not. They don't. They should all be killed. Listen, not every species that comes in from a different place or time has to be invasive, right? That's that's the definition of invasive. But if isn't it, invasive if it's doing damage? No, by any its of it. Are you sure? Yes. Damn. Well, if, it, what if I know. a species is not native, doesn't like naturally occur in that area. If it gets there like through whatever means, and doesn't okay. like always there. But always, like, like horses are invasive, and the- yes, if it's if it is brought somewhere. But they are, they're invasive. not doing, like, damage, are they? That doesn't change what they are. You said it's they should be exterminated. Yeah. Are you, you said that if a species is invasive, it should be Are you saying we should get all of the horses in the I'm American Southwest? I'm saying we should start killing humans. <laughs> oh, God. Now, if you're not in Kenya, buddy, you're no, I gone. I didn't think of it like that. Yeah, I'm real... Does I'm, that not apply to everything ever to an extent, though? 
Didn't all life start probably on like a two meter square patch when you really think about it? Uh, Checkmate yeah. atheists. Checkmate atheists. Fucking kidding, atheists. I don't know. All right. So, so I, the other big thing. Way off thing. So there's the part in the movie when they're in the amber mines, uh, when whatever the fuck and clone lady and Alan Grant, Ordern's character. Easy. Maisie and Laura Dern, whoever her name is, and uh, Alan Grant are in the Ellie Sattler. Ma- Ellie Sattler and Laura- Alan Grant, I'll say his name a hundred times <laughs> before I get through this list, <laughs> are in the mines. They're attacked by uh, the frilled creatures that are like kind of squat, uh, and they are the Dimatron- Dimatrodons. Uh, those aren't dinosaurs. They're not even lizards. They're not archosaurs. They're not reptiles. They are synapsids. They're not mammalian synapsids. Now, for those who are initiated with that kind of terminology, a synapse is a thing, a little hole in your skull that relieves pressure from, like, your chewing. And we have one because we're mammals. It's right, it's your temple. You can feel it in your brain right now. There's a hole at your temple? It's like a little gap where there's, like, not solid bone. Because when you Man. when you grit your teeth, you can feel it expand because that's muscle. It relieves tension. Because if you didn't, your b- skull would crack because of the pressure. Uh, and reptiles have two. I think they're called, they're fernestras. That's what they're called. They have a super temporal and an intrafentoral on the top and bottom, like middle of their skulls. These guys are basically what we evolved from, like way in the distant past. Like they're from the Jurassic. Like they're super fucking old. They are. I was reading about it after you after you pointed this out to me. Two hundred ninety-five million years ago. Yeah, those things are older than the dinosaurs. Then basically, those things are farther back relative to like the T Rex. Then the T Rex is relative to us. Oh yeah, like they are very, very early, like ancient, ancient life. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought that a discrepancy that in place of dinosaurs they wouldn't have a dinosaur because they're not dinosaurs. Again, they're much, much like older. older they're which like is neat. The, they're like the great grandparents of anything. Like they're mm-hmm. like the earliest form of kind of mammals. Yeah, they. You said they became mammals. They become right? mammals. They yeah. become like or whatever. How branching and ugh. genetics. The yeah. bullshit all works. It's all made up. I I should say, but um, so. That's neat. I mean, here's the thing, though. Will you give me this, Jack? They do look like dinosaurs, kind of, right? They I mean, do. I'll give you that. They apparently, do. they appear in a lot of dinosaur they shit. They do. Just oh, yeah. They look like dinosaurs. I was reading. Um, they're in like all of the other, all of the Jurassic Park video games, <laughs> like the Jurassic Park one, two, and three video games that appeared on various platforms back in the day and Game Boy and bullshit. They're in those. Apparently, they're in the Land Before Time. <laughs> oh, of course, I would figure because they're like they look like a dinosaur, not at all dinosaurs. Probably whoever first discovered them and whenever the fuck was probably like a dinosaur. Actually, Terrible think, lizard. I think they're from the. Uh, I I think we've the most. I was reading the ones we found are in the American Southwest, where we find a fuck ton of fossils. Shallow seas. Just the shallow sea. Yeah, it's just a dried up sea. It's just dirt out there, so you don't That's have to go it, digging under trees and shit. No. It's like ah, there it is, peeking out from the ground. Ah, there he is, a tiktaalik. We found it. <laughs> the bridge between aquatic life and terrestrial life. So there it is. So the other thing we got is like a scientific article that came out a couple weeks ago, June twenty second, the one well, year anniversary quick, of our podcast. I guess we should real quick. I'm sorry. Quick, quick. So overall, what do you rate Jurassic World? Pretty good. Dominion. But but it's got like a 0 out of 5 because of scientific errors probably though. Right? Probably 100%. <laughs> 0 out of 5 should have killed those dinosaurs. Come on. You did like at the end though when the elephants were walking with the triceratops and it looked like Lion King, right? I mean, it was was it not fucking sweet? That was fine. I was like, that's worth the price of admission right there. I like. I didn't like how all <laughs> the dinosaurs were just feral for some reason. What do you mean by feral? I mean that every moment they could see a thing, they just wanted to kill it. Oh. <laughs> so that's not how animals mad. work. Yeah. Don't like, think it, gotta kill oh, everything guess, in okay. sight. Like Let's, that, like that uh, Quetzalcoatlus attacked the planet and went, fuck this planet and flew off. I still don't get that. You couldn't tear you steel. You can't tear steel, you like, or aircraft gray aluminum, whatever it would be made out of. I don't get it. 
It's got a beak, but like that's not what beaks do. They're not like razor what sharp. The fuck? Yeah. Be- you can break a beak if you snap it. Doesn't it? You see, it's applied that like they they like turn off the system. I don't know what that's about, but the yeah, anti air system. Still though, why would it attack that? Animals don't like planes. Another dumb line is when uh, they first get to the island, and Ramses like put the chips in their brains and tell them where to go. And he's like, that's kind of fucked. And he's like, how many volts were in the fence? I'm like, yeah, they didn't put a fence in their brain, numbnuts. They don't touch the fence because <laughs> They just didn't go near the fence. I mean, yeah, yeah it sucks, but like, the that's idea how was fences they work. never touched the fence was the You, was the you put the fence in their brain, pretty much. They can't not touch their brain. It's their brain. Yeah, I don't know. I, I do, again, I, already, I did say when we tied it was. I do think it's lame that they just did another. They're like, we're doing Jurassic Park in Italy now. Because again, I was really hoping more of like, what would it be like if they cohabitated? But they don't do that till the very end of this movie, and they're not going to make another one for a while. So yeah, it's less interesting. But they just—they're out there now. The fake dinosaurs that the, they those bastards of science. There's more T Rexes though at the end. That's fun. Rexy is a family. Why? Why? Isn't that nice? What? What do you mean? Why? Get rid of them. Get rid of them. Get rid of they're them. They're alive, Jack. So we need to learn to coexist. They're just going to destroy the ecosystem. Because because the velociraptors are hunting the predators <laughs> and the prey. That's not how you can't do that. That's true. They were hunting wolves or whatever. You can't hunt the wolves. Why the fuck would you hunt a wolf? Why is why is the beta hunting the wolf? Why didn't blue? It doesn't make any sense because it would be so much easier to hunt anything else. Like that's why prey and predators. Like blue should have the. Ins- I mean, I guess it would. It doesn't recognize what mammals are in its weird. Pre- but again, it's, it's not a, a real. It's got mono prehistoric. DNA. It's not a real prehistoric. They do part of the new Genesis. We've talked about that on the show. That's fun, isn't it? Yeah. Could be- you like that data? It's just a carbon copy. That was fun. It's good stuff. Right, Overall, so I think it is worth it. Oh, okay. The very last thing. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But we do have to address it. Was the Giganotosaurus the Joker? Of course. And so he had big. He had a green hair and a big red smile. And one, oh, I got he just wanted to see the world burn. Right. As in, he just wanted to eat them a couple times because he's a big fucking dinosaur. He's a big scary feral dinosaur. Maybe. So, does that mean he wants to burn the world? I feel like God. I feel like Clown Trevor was just like, well, we have that sequence at the end where the world's burning. So I guess he wants to he wants to see the world burn. That has nothing to do with the Giganotosaurus. He's just there for two freaking scenes of like I'm the big I'm the big one this time. And they say his name every time he shows up, so you don't you remember. And then they do the classic end of a Jurassic Park movie, which is like two of the dinosaurs team up, which is Rex basically Rexy teams up a different dinosaur to kill the bigger dinosaur. Yeah, because uh, Rexy's like the weird secondary hero protagonist of these movies <laughs> because in the first one she fights the big. All the Velociraptors. Yeah, and the Indominus. Well, yeah. Well, I'm saying in the very first one, she fights oh, the yeah, Velociraptors. Velociraptors. And then she and fights then the Indominus in the first world. She's right. all about it. She's pretty swell. Yeah. Good honor. God bless She's her. getting old long in the tooth, you'd think. Oh, let her, let her rest. Let, let her, her rest, die. Man. Let her retire. Poor old girl. Again, she's got her family now, though. So that's swell. Probably good family, though. Anyway, so this next topic is from is an article that came out on our one-year anniversary, June 22nd, about, uh, about Megalodon. What do they eat? The big sharks. And they ate literally everything. It has been determined through this paper that they occupy the highest trophic level of any creature ever on Earth, right. which means they were the greatest apex predator to ever live. They're swimmies. Well, that's where the most things are in the swimmies. So, bas- oh. so basically how they did this. <laughs> I can't wait to say swimmies. idiots. Yeah. <laughs> A couple of them. I thought you were going to get into they did like they did like some orca whale shit where they're eating like whatever their equivalent of moose would be because they do that right yeah they eat moose when moose like wander into like shallow water but it wasn't that it wasn't that they were eating deep. a bunch of land metals it was that they were um, eating fish things they were just eating so many different fish aquatic life aquatic life and predators of aquatic life and like high predators it's basically how they figured this out 
is that is and Jason Statham sometimes and Jason Statham sometimes and Rain Wilson also and 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 some people from the South China Sea because they got to south to China somehow and no gay people though. <laughs> anyway, back to science. Uh, so basically, things produce nitrogen. This is gonna get a little technical, so just bear with me, folks. Uh, there's two isotopes. There's nitrogen 14, which is the base one, and much heavier nitrogen 15. So what algae will do is that it'll take nitrogen from the ocean water and it'll convert it into nitrogen to use within its body. And when something eats nitrogen, both forms of it, because it's all in there, uh, they'll take nitrogen 14 and they'll just disperse it as waste. They'll get out of their body, go back into the cycle, and just kind of cycle through again. Nitrogen 15 does not do that. It stays in your body and it gets concentrated throughout, especially in your teeth. And it compounds on each other. So if you eat something, as you eat it, more and more of it builds up in a, as you move up the levels. So if you test a predator... Like everything. Like everything. Like you, mercury and shit. Exactly. So if you test a predator, you can tell high, how high is it up the food chain based on the amount of nitrogen 15 in its teeth. And they test those megalodon teeth okay. against um, a plethora of other aquatic, mammal, uh, aquatic organism teeth and mammal teeth, and they went... This guy's got the fucking most we've ever seen. Uh, so they were just the most apex predators in, in existence so far. They have actual megalodon teeth? Yeah, they got tons of them. Where do they get them? The ocean. Nothing's happened to them? They're, they're the only parts that survive because they're enamel. They're like, really? they, got, they all get yeah. that good? Let's see. Shit, yeah. yeah. That's fucking huge. Yeah, bro. <laughs> so big. The, that's a shark tooth. Sharks are already pretty right, big, right. so, you know, proportions. Like, the thing we're huh. talking about, the jawbone, that's how they do proportions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all we got from sharks. Be- I don't know that they still had, like, act- just the, c- c- not fossils or anything, literally just the actual preserved teeth. teeth because huh? sharks cool. only got cartilage. They can't fossilize. Of course. So, we have no clue what they looked like. We only can guess. Yeah. I didn't know that. You know, the, you know that. B- I mean, it makes sense. So I've, obviously, you've said it all. But so, like, they really just kind of wing it on all the depictions of what a megalodon looks oh, yeah. like. They could have mohawks for all we know. Is it the same with, like, surely not those aquatic dinosaurs, right? Uh, we have fossils of mussels. Yes, because that's, like, a reptile. It's not, because they have bones. It's not, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because they, they were a land reptile that, like, a whale right, went right. to the ocean. So that is a little bit easier. Same with spinosaurus, because they found those are more aquatic now. Yeah, they like they they bunches of fish and stuff. Yeah, and they're and yeah, like their yeah. front, their back, they have much more they're smaller limbs, and their that's why they have are wider, maybe? and their fin is for swimming. Is that why they had it for swimming? Yeah, they thought that same thing about the thing you were talking about before. What are those? The I was reading that. Dimatrodon. Yeah, they thought that was for swimming, but now they think it was for heat regulation. That makes sense. Like Service a area. like a heat sink kind of. Mm-hmm. So you could warm up in the day and cool off at night because the sun would beat on your big ass fan <laughs> of a sail of a fin thing. And then, yeah, you'd cool off throughout the day if you needed to, because dispersing. Service area and such. Good stuff. Fun stuff. God, I love science. Animals are weird. How does that evolve? What? I just, I'll never give, I'll never be able to, I mean, I understand the mechanisms at play, but it's just weird that, like, that happens once there was an animal that just had, like, a bit of a humpy back, and, and they're they, like, I'll, that's pretty good, you you, you did good And he here. survived a little bit long enough a to fuck. A little bit longer. And then, and then maybe eventually down the road, he's, like, descended, is like, you got quite the pronounced hump there and then it just kept going until you got a big ass fucking sail on your back and then and then it became you <laughs> yeah I guess and then, so. <laughs> then you were around it's crazy and then all but you and then also a platypus and also a coyote and a kangaroo is a kangaroo <laughs> why? why those ones are particular? well uh well we're placental platypuses are monotremes and um oh you named are the different kinds of yeah. gotcha and there's a fourth kind of mammal that died long ago and we don't know where it fits and it's real sad well Here's the thing. Don't say about it. all of it fitting anywhere. It's it. all kind of just like made up. Like, we just kind of fit it where we want. None of it. Again, you get what I mean, though. I mean, we we all fit it where we want it. This isn't a natural like <laughs> thing. 
That just happens. They aren't just puzzle pieces that we- It's, it's a system that we have invented. Ugh. Sorry, I fell asleep. What okay. happened? I blacked out. Okay. Okay. So. What did- Listeners, you're gonna email me what Zach said. So do they think- Do they know what they- They- What they ate? Were they eating, like, big squids and shit? What was that? Any- ev- Literally everything. Because they were- Because oh. they were so massive. Like, they were, what, 15 meters? So f- about 50, 60 feet? So they're, like- Yeah. So they're literally eating, like, anything they get their hands on just for, like, energy. Because the ocean is the best place to get that big because you got the water, you don't worry about gravity, and it's just full of life because you don't worry about gravity. So it's just, you just eat everything you can. Other predators, maybe probably other ones of it, probably a lot of cannibalism. Because sweet. You're like, well, that thing's probably as big as me. Got him a lot of meat. Probably just eat that. Awesome. But there is that thing of like predators, because of the same principle you just talked about, they actually get less. As you go up the food chain, the, there's less of them, there's less energy. Yeah. You don't really want to eat a big shark because it's not got a lot of not a lot of value there nope, nutritionally. But if you're a bigger shark, fucking knock yourself out. Yes, yeah, you, you may as well <laughs> hop to it. Well, that's fun. And now our big sea animals just eat krill. Yeah, because it's the I don't know why. I actually asked my professor why it wasn't because they uh, are like the highest number and that has the lowest cost on the environment because there's so many krill and they're so small and they reproduce so fast. They're constantly being replenished, and it won't affect the ecosystem. So if they were eating, like, tuna, there'd be no more tuna. We'd have no more tuna anywhere. So whatever animals really liked eating tuna, they probably died. There wasn't enough tuna to go around, or they ate all the tuna, and then there wasn't enough tuna, and then they died, and then yeah. the old big blue blue whale boy was just like, I'm just going to eat these. These krill are pretty swell, fellas. <laughs> just eat these krill, and they're like, that'll work. <laughs> that'll work, fellas. So yeah, I love that. I, lo- I, I always love the fun fact that the blue whale is the biggest animal ever and they eat the smallest animals it's just weird to think of that because you think like surely it was something yeah back in dinosaur days when we had big big, big dinosaurs and shit or even even after that but when we had like megafauna and shit but no it's right now right now nothing beats the old blue whale so. good old blue whale never fails that's right he's our boy he's our boy he's, he's the mascot of our show do you have my name <laughs> the blue whale mascot of our yeah. show i don't know what'd you name that elephant a couple weeks back i don't remember what elephant the elephant, I said, I said we got to dress the elephant in the room, and you said, I think I said Hi. Harold or something. Harold? Okay. Call him Hank. Maybe, I think I said Hank. I always said Hank. <laughs> I said things Hank. I don't know. I, I don't actually want a blue whale mascot. All right. Okay, fine. I'll just spin in my wheel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's take a second out of this then. Uh, into our final topic. Now we're, hey, we're back with wheel of time. Took a little longer to get these next three out, I think. Uh, did it? Probably, hey, not, probably not that big much. a difference. Whatever. So, as always, you know, if you haven't read the books, sorry, play us on mute. But we're going to talk about. We have read the books, even. I don't know how much value you're going to get out of this, but. but We're doing it anyway. God damn it. It's really for us. For an edification. (laughs) That's right. So we're doing books seven through nine, which take A Crown of Swords, The Path of Daggers, and Winter's Heart. Really wish that he just went for the the naming scheme for the whole series The Great, The Eye of the World, The Great Hunt, The Dragon Reborn, The Shadow Rising, The Fires of Heaven, Lord of Chaos. Just put The Lord of Chaos, make it The Crown of Swords, make it The Path of Daggers. And make it the heart of winter or something. Yeah, because Lord of Chaos and Winter's Heart, Winter's Heart and a Crown and of Swords. And Crown of those are the only ones. And a Memory of Light. Oh, well then. And Knife of Dreams. Oh. And a New Spring. Is there that many? And a Gathering Storm. And Towers of Midnight. <laughs> Wait, what? No, it's the Gathering Storm. The Crosses of Twilight. Is it the Towers of Midnight? Nope, just Towers of Midnight. Okay, well then it's not. You made it sound like these are the exception. Not the it well, seems so like it's far. about evenly split. I mean, there's going to be a lot of thes in your titles. 
naturally. But I, but I don't like think you, it's that big. I feel like calling it the Lord of Chaos. Your argument had a lot more strength in my mind before you just said them all to me. And now well, let's, count feels... them. let's count them. <laughs> okay. The first five, then we got eight, ten, and twelve. That's more than half. That's eight of the fourteen. Oh, well, no, it's eight of fifteen. Shit, maybe it is about the same. <laughs> Oops. Maybe I'll cut that all out and pretend we didn't say that. <laughs> Great. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> So, so, I mean, I don't know. We're t- we've talked about it. I think a couple times we've done this, we just end up recapping the whole plots of these movies, or these books, which I don't think is valuable to anyone. Not even us. At all. So, I wanted to try to keep more broad strokes about some things. So, But the, the structure of these. Here's the thing, right? We definitely are enjoying these books. We definitely don't, we're not going to like stop or anything. We're, we, we're, we're having we're, a good we're enough time with we, Right, we right. stop now. Um. And I'm not not even like oh we're gonna keep on trudging like no I I am enthusiastic about I want to see how it ends I'm excited yeah 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 of course but these books in particular these three I think here um we've had the, I would say the biggest problems with it I think we kind of maybe alluded to them in the last time even that we were starting to to kind of trend this way and I think these three in particular are the worst defenders so far and apparently the next couple books in the series is not doesn't really improve on this formula which is the plot really slows down i think in large part because the characters the number of characters and their like how spread out they are has only increased so you go from the very first book say where all of our main characters are in the same group so even when you jump between points of view you are advancing the same storyline understandably you can you know you, you pack a lot more into a book but when you get to this point where you have well, i don't know five six plot pretty lines. pretty major plot lines that are all spread to the corners of the, yeah. the world it's understandable that you can't get through them all, but it's just such a notable change from the earlier books. The first, I would say even like five or six, where they are just still so much tighter together, um, where you have like groups of three and four characters doing doing stuff. I, I feel like the Shadow Rising is the last one. Or, well, maybe even, uh, right, I think uh, Lord of Chaos is pretty good about this. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Actually, so I would say the last three we did. Again, there are signs of this. of like Some of these plot lines aren't as, as like, in, exciting. As the other ones. And character, that's when the characters start dropping off. Because in book five, Perrin doesn't show up. There's some, and then book eight, Matt doesn't show up at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt's been in Ebudar since book six, and it's going into Which book ten. And he's gonna still be in Ebudar. Be there. It's gonna be yeah, five stuff books like that. Of him. The, so the pace that he's adopted here, and again, I think I will, I will own up, right? At least for for me, I don't know how you feel, but I think part of it's my expectations. Right, but I will say I don't think it's entirely fair to just be like, "Oh, it's just me, big dumb idiot, expecting too much." Because I feel like I am basing that at least in some part again off of the earlier books, where they kind of condition us to expect, "Well, we're gonna introduce a new kind of plot line, we're gonna set it up, and we're gonna resolve it in a book." Right? Like the Eye of the World. I mean, that obviously does the most heavy lifting of any book in the series. It starts it's the very first one, and they still squeeze out an entire full plot. He, I mean, you do like a. You do and a they all split up pretty early. They do. They split up and are able to come back together on that book. So you have the multiple viewpoints. You have. Um, he takes like a detour at one point to introduce a character that will be relevant later, and still they resolve it. And the same with the second book, right? They do the whole. I mean, the great if, hunt. If you just compare what they get done, it's incredible. The, the cliff notes of it, almost. It's like yeah, these last couple of books. Again, it's just, I understand that this is a reality, but I think maybe uh, um, a solution that I was talking to you about would be almost to like split the books up by characters more so than just by like plot b- plot almost because it feels again and I'm, this is pure just rampant speculation on our part right but it feels like he kind of did it a little haphazardly where at some point he realized that his plots were not going to be this way right 
And again, that's not an objective like flaw with the series necessarily. It's like he moves as the series progresses, he moves from single book plots to these more long form stretched out across multiple books big building plots that are actually building towards the end here that's not bad but it's again it is kind of a a noticeable change and i don't know i guess i wasn't expecting as much because some of these little these threads that we we get established in say like book seven and eight i was expecting to be resolved in book book eight or nine say and they haven't and they don't really see any great sign of it and like you said from stuff you've read it seems like some of some of these plots we're in are going to carry us all the way through the end till book 14 which it seems seems pretty big. They're a long, they're long books. Right. There's a lot of book between now and then still. Yeah. So I just I don't know. And another thing I think which exasperates these problems we're having is that a lot of these plots have very simple solutions built in that he's he within he the kind of broke his world and he breaks it with the. I think we said that last last time think, we talked about these know. with the traveling and stuff. I don't know because I hadn't gotten that bad yet. Because okay. book seven is when they all start learning it. And we hadn't we hadn't talked about that. Okay. So basically, what happens is that for some reason, uh, he makes it so all the men he makes it built in that all the men are born with the power, and you can't learn it if you're a man if you're born with it, which is different from the women because you can kind of learn it if you're a woman. And the thing with the men is that they're all just stronger, faster. They're like exponential. Women are more linear, it seems, based on what the information we have. And they're all strong enough that most of them can just learn traveling from, like, that's like the first thing they can learn, essentially. Because there's parts throughout this book, uh, book seven and eight, where Ran just has, like, soldiers and dedicated from the Black Tower. And he's like, they can all, he gives me the ones that can travel. And multiple characters say, like, oh, no, the Mael, as soon as you're strong enough and you show that you are, the Mael teaches you the weave to travel, and you can just go anywhere. And the thing about traveling in this universe is it's not like a personal thing, which, because I think that would be a pretty fair explanation for the, some of the problems that we're doing, right? Is if it was, like, apparating or whatever in Harry Potter, where it's like, you can bring yourself or, like, what? It best yourself, a couple other people. Yeah. But the way it works in this is that you literally just open a big portal, like, um, it's like a Doctor Strange portal. They're right? golden, too. Exactly the, the exact same thing. And it, it'll cut you in half in, in the same way and stuff, too. And if you're good enough, you can open portals big enough for, you know, men to march through on horseback. Or, like, men, to, uh, army to march through four across or whatever. Like, you can move really, really large amounts of people very, very quickly if you are If you so have enough inclined. of them. And there are certain, yeah, problems in this uh, that would be resolved by that. And there is some inbuilt answers of, like... X, Y, or Z character refuses because of pride. not trusting the yeah pride or, or not trusting the magic and all that, which is fair enough and stuff. But there is some cases where it's like this would just make sense. Why are we not doing it? The big one that stands Rand. out to me. Well, Rand is I don't know. He I, uses it I th- enough. I, would I, say. I think the real thing is Rand versus the Sean Chan in Book Eight. So in Book Eight, I guess we're jumping around, but this is this really ties into our point here. Is that at least I feel that he doesn't use the Ashaman enough, and at first. He at some point he stops trusting them, but I feel like he does it to himself. He's not thinking, which I guess is the point. But it feels like he's the point is I mean really not thinking. He's got too much on his plate, really. Yeah, and he's trying to juggle too many. And things. he's like, I can't trust. He gets ahead of himself with this. Yeah, it's a good idea on paper, but he clearly doesn't think he's able to see the ends of like. Well, if I just find every person I can to can channel with without with reckless abandon, again, literally put out a full amnesty. No questions asked kind of thing. Let every man from all corners of the world come. And then I trust their training to someone else who has shown themselves to not be... Trustworthy. The, necessarily a trustworthy individual to anyone in the world. 
Um, where, how could that go wrong, right? Yeah, and especially because they all go crazy. Yeah. So basically, I'm building time bombs. They and all. Hoping, go, we, I know they're all going to go crazy sooner. And they're right? all dying. Like, they're just dying. And one in 50 is just dying. And they might die quickly. Because they go crazy and die. Yeah. So he's like, I just got to find enough of them that they'll die. They won't die quick enough that I can use them to fight the dark one. And he's got to. Again, it makes sense yeah. on paper of like, yes, that is an untapped resource to use in this upcoming battle. They will they will come in handy, presumably. They, I mean, they do helpful. when he fights the Shan Chan. Well, exactly. They do. I think, I mean, we've talked about, or you've said a lot to me, like, why doesn't he just get like, at this point he has like over a thousand, right? And, and you know, I guess it, there's, we don't know exactly what the breakdown of how many of them are actually like usable, trained, top tier kind of guys. But like you said, I mean, they're kind of, they kind of, he plays fast and loose with that anyways, because sometimes it'll be like, yeah, I'm just a dedicated, but I'm pretty fucking sweet. Like, Jahar. <laughs> Jahar is only a dedicated, but he's but he's one of Rand's shooters, and he's a little, he's one of the only fucking two left. Right. Because Rand, spoiler, Rand, almost, one of them is evil, Deshiva, and the rest of them fucking die. So, yeah, it's like, why doesn't he have, like, dozens and dozens with him? And I think maybe there's diminishing returns, you have so many. argue, but, like... At the same time, the way they use them at the Lord of Chaos, like we talked about last time. They just time, blow people up. Incredibly effective. They're like it's hard to imagine how effective they are. They right. scare it's everybody. It's hard to imagine doing much better than that. Because, like, in the beginning of Book 8, one of the there's a whole chapter where, like, a guy, one of Ma, Mazarin's guys come up. And he's like, hey, Rand, here's what the Miles doing. Here's all the, here's all the Ashaman. Here's our numbers. Here's what's happening. And Rand's, and he's like, "Oh, you're gonna attack the Shan Chan? Why don't? Why are you taking an army? Like, why don't you just get all the Ashman you can and just hit them?" And Rand's like, "You idiot! That's not how that works." But I'm like, "Why though?" The difference with the Shan Chan is that they have they have their own. I guess like, but you can do your Legion the Dragon thing. But if you just teach them how to link, you can just get them. Probably. But I think the idea is that like, if you go, I think if you have like two heads, their channel is fighting your channelers, and then your channelers don't. You know, it's like. This is oversimplifying it, but it's it's like the like a like a strategy game logic of it, mm-hmm. right? Of like, you know, okay, you can send out the tanks and tanks are really good, but tanks are vulnerable to artillery or whatever. And, or infantry, whatever it would be. And then your infantry is vulnerable to artillery, but your artillery is vulnerable to tanks. It's kind of that Rock, logic. Paper, scissors like, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably what we're meant to understand. And in real life too. I mean like cavalry is great against this, but cavalry's not good against yeah. pikemen. You right? don't just hit them with your strongest yeah. thing. Yeah, archers are good for this and that. And it's it's probably that of like yeah, if you just had a bunch of guys standing in the line channeling against the women, then you probably could have just a bunch of guys run up with swords and stab them all. So you probably need that, but it still feels like he could bring more. He only he only brings like 30. I mean, again, I think the argument is that like it works so effectively at Demise Wells for a couple reasons. One, surprise. Surprise. Two, yeah, I mean, surprise double, both in that like no one had even seen or could conceive of an army like that. Yeah, because throughout that whole thing, and even in the next book, Everybody's like they still can't. Believe they're like they're, even yeah. where we're at now. They're, they're, they're like a lot of not a, characters are in disbelief, yeah, which is probably which is fair enough. Like that is not on. Like usually, you're like why don't you believe it? But like if you think about it from their perspective, like the they're all they've lived in fear of this for like th- like it's baked into their culture from like three thousand years. So the thought of like an the the guy who's supposed to save the world getting a bunch of guys together who are all crazy and teaching them how to be crazy. He's like maybe don't teach the guys. Basically, give them a crazy gun. The gun that makes you crazy when you shoot it, and he gives—he's yeah. training a hundred, a hundred thousand people how to do it to be proficient in their tra- yeah. crazy gun. <laughs> a thousand crazy gun shooters. So I think that's probably part of it. And like as you said, he gets to a point where he doesn't—he realizes he can't trust as many of them as he'd like, and that's probably also factoring his decisions. Also, he's going a little crazy in these past couple books too. Yeah. factoring, and he's just so. getting real intense. He's killing men, and he doesn't even feel—he's having his whole yeah, his whole thing, which we would have addressed even. 
when did they introduce Cad Selene? Seven. Okay, so we didn't get into it yet. But uh, uh, the big thing for Rand, which I do find interesting, so um, his his kind of plotline across all this is, and he gets the most pound for pound for sure out of all oh, characters. Still. As he should. Probably, yeah. Uh, is that he is, again, just like doubling down. He's biting off more than he can chew. He has so much on his plate. He has so much he has to do, he thinks. He's got to prepare the entire fucking planet, right? For war. For the war against the armies of the Shadow. The literal last like, battle. Like, literal, the last battle where the actual, like, again, Satan. Your, your fantasy personification of evil is going to rise all his armies and it's going to be a big fight. So he's like, I need to get everyone on side so we can be ready. I don't care. Like, all this petty earthly squabbling needs to get done with so we can fight the actual bad dark people. So that's his whole thing. And as part of that, he keeps getting, he decides he needs to keep getting harder and harder. And he's just like, cut off all emotion, right? And just become like, just this resilient like force. It's like a, it's a very much like your toxic masculinity, right? Of like, I gotta just be this stalwart and stoic, unfeeling man. I'm blinking like nothing. Uh, it's all these different tidbits he's keeps getting piling up in ways that are probably not intended by the the same the, the people the, the land thing about him, the, duty. the land thing. He's just like I have to just be this stone, frozen ice, not reacting to anything. I can't love anyone. I can't like anyone. I can't have any care for my friends and the people I've loved and everything. Like it's, I can't worry about all that because I have this duty and this importance of better. And loose the wrens in his head talking. And to he's him. going crazy and again. Yeah, he's going crazy. He's got a person in his head. The taint is starting to get to him. It seems pretty quickly, unfortunately. Yeah. And then we have these two characters in particular. It's Cerelia, uh, who's the main wise woman. Yeah. And Cad Swain, who's this ancient, like, incredibly old, like, maybe the most famous Aes Sedai living, who rolls up as well. And they're like, they make a little pact together where they're like, we need to help him not be this way. He needs to learn to, like, he needs to become warm and love again. Otherwise, it won't work. Yeah. He, like, he, they he realize, won't be, even if we win, he'll just be too far gone. Yeah. If, if he wins like this, he might he might fall himself kind of thing, I think, is the idea, into darkness. So it's like, he needs to come back a little, like, he needs to roll that back. And I do think that's an interesting route to go with the character of, like, nah, he's going too far. That's not how you live. Like, that's no, there's nothing to that. He needs, to, if he's going to fight for and defend the world, he needs to, like, be it, be it care about to it, it and love it. Yeah, he needs to have these material connections. Otherwise, what is, he can't just be a freaking robot about it. So I do think that stuff's um very cool. Again, it's just, there's just some weird plot again the structure of it 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 feels like really that he at some point mapped out this whole storyline and realized this is not going to break up well into books right and not to compare it to everything else but i'm going to do that real quick <laughs> here so like stormlight for example which there are very as of now definitely obviously much less books so far right there are like four with the fifth on the way but they are individually longer books, and I think they do a better job of telling a complete story in each one, right? And again, there's less characters, there's less everything. But for the f- five or six, I mean, by the by the fourth book there, right, he has like six main point of view characters who all have pretty decent sized fleshed out arcs within a story in, in the book. And you definitely do not get that with these later Stormlight books, or uh, these Wheel of Time books that we've just covered here, where there are definitely entire books where characters get almost nothing. You're just right in the middle of their plot line. It's like, did he kind of plot all these out and realize that they don't really... They Again, they've gotten so disparate and separated that they don't really tie into each other at the moment, and I don't have enough fucking page length here yeah. right, to, to actually, like, you know, complete their storyline. So I'm just going to kind of take a chunk from this character's plot and a chunk from this. And in particular, he adopted a thing in the last couple, which I really don't like, which is instead of alternating between characters' points of view, he just has all of the 
points of view chunked together, which I think is bizarre. Yeah, and chunked again, together, maybe, but not all chunked together. Like he'll, um, it depends he'll, how many he'll chunk like you have. In what book eight? He chunks Perrin like right in the beginning, and then he just puts one chapter at the all end. Si- Perrin has six chapters in the beginning, and then at and the then end, that's it. No, or that's no, that's nine. I'm talking about eight. And oh, okay. eighty is some in the like the beginning towards the middle, and then he has like one at the one end, at the very end. And then right. Rand has his final one. It's like, why would you in book nine? Perrin literally just has six chapters. The very the first six chapters are Perrin chapters, and then that's it. We never hear from the rest of the book. And I, that doesn't feel as satisfying to me. No, it's kind of the difference almost between like binge watching and and week to week watching a show like we've talked about, which is. There's something satisfying about like, oh, I get all of it all. Because you finish a chapter and you're like, what's going to happen next? And it's right there, right? Yeah. That is kind of satisfying. But at the same time, you'd prefer to have it spread out almost because then- It's ruminate on it. Yeah. Chewing on When you bit. binge something, then you're left- Want, You can't- wanting. You don't remember everything because you're- Well, that too. And then there's like, you didn't actually get it all, did you? You're, you feel a little sick, Jack. Like when you binge a big a big cake. You think that was fun in the moment, but now- You're big and eating whole cakes? No, I don't know. I unhinged my jaw like a snake. Like, <laughs> oh, I eat it whole. So, I don't know. And again, not uh, to compare to some other things, I almost wonder if he couldn't have adopted a style with some of these books, because he does that to an extent anyways, that we talked about. He gets into the habit of leaving certain characters out of certain books to make room, it seems. So, I almost wish he would have really committed to that and had some of these books here in this you know, portion of the series. Shine together just by characters of like, okay, this is like, we're only doing like three plot lines in this book. But we're going to do more of them. Yeah. Um, which I've told you, right, is how two of the uh, Song of Ice and Fire books are, right? I think it's... Is it's it Feast for Crows. Three and four. Yeah, three and four. Feast, uh, Crown of... Or Storm of Swords and Feast for Crows. Sounds right. Or is it? No, no. It's the, is it four and five? No, it's three and four. Crown, st- Storm of Swords and... Storm of Swords and Feast for Crows. Dance of Dragon? No, Dance of Dragon is five. That's what I... Th- okay, whatever it is. Who gives a shit? <laughs> They'll know. I, we haven't actually read them, if you can't tell. So. Yeah. And they'll never but be finished, so it doesn't fucking matter. I, I probably won't. I own them, and I... I, I own them, too! I'm skeptical to ever start. Yeah, no, I, regardless. I watch the um, show. I don't care that much. They... That does... A, he does a thing with that, George R. Martin does, where he, he has a similar epiphany at some point. Where he's like, this book would be too big to be a book. So, instead of... Instead of breaking it right down the half chronologically and leaving all of these characters plots unresolved in this first book i will just take half of the characters do their entire plots in this book and then this this next book will be taking place in the same time period it'll just be the other half of the characters yeah and i feel like he could have benefited from that because again he's already doing that where he's leaving some characters out of some books and sometimes he is effectively leaving characters out of books if not technically right yeah. like book nine again we just finished Egwene has one she's no chapters. chapter doesn't she? She appears in other chapters. She appears in other chapters, but she doesn't have her own chapter. So there you go. She appears <laughs> um, in like a Gwen like chapters when they're in the dream world, but that's yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So she has nothing. A Gwen is big man. That's a big plot line where I'm it's just because it's been like four books now. She's done with the uh, or the fourth book. They start in six, and then all of seven, eight, and nine, they've been traveling. And by traveling, literally just over land. I don't get it. Why? Why haven't they decided to teleport there with their magic? I don't know. Is there any reason given that I can, unless I'm just forgetting I don't something? Like they're, uh, they say they're not strong enough. Might not be enough of them who are strong enough. But she's strong enough. Uh, sure. Think it's Link. That, that, that's, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. They're, he breaks the world. He gives too many of them the ability to do it. I really think it should have just been a Gwen can do it, Elaine can do it. Like the very strongest we know. Well, okay, that's the other thing we've talked about, right? They're too powerful. They, and I've, we must have mentioned this before because they just keep doing it. But. He keeps doing that thing where he moves the he moves he's power scaling like it's a fucking anime like, what like a shonen anime like a shonen anime right like fucking Naruto or Dragon where, Ball 
every book, it's like, this is the new most powerful character. It's like, are we gaining anything from now, this? Now, the only one that I disagree with you, well, there's one that you pointed out that's like 400, is 400 year old slave of the Shanchan. What are they called? The, da- Damani. the Damani. But she's 400 years old, so I'm like, well, she's so old. That's pretty good. But the problem with that one is that she's the most recent one. That's right? true. She's the most recent. Of like six different characters who they've been like, oh my God. Because we talked about it in the very first book, they do the thing of like, Egwene, you're the most powerful Aes Sedai to come to the tower in like a thousand years. And Egwene, or Nynaeve, you're even better than you're her. You're way you're more powerful. You're probably the most powerful Aes Sedai. Maybe ever, right? And then over these books, we just keep getting character after character. It's like, she's as powerful as Nynaeve or powerful. She's more powerful. This, this grandma is more powerful than Nynaeve. This character is more powerful than Nynaeve. Avienda and Elena are just as powerful as Are just as powerful as Egwene. What's it? The, in the knitting circle, these. The kin. The kin this kin, kinswoman. She's as powerful as Nynaeve. And it's like, the Windfinder. The wind, yeah. There's wind fire, and some of that's interesting because they're different cultures. They're different cultures, and it's like putting into perspective what, how, how little the asset I actually know, which is interesting because the this whole series has been them being humbled to an extent because mm-hmm. they start off all high and mighty and really think they run shit. And it's, so there is something interesting about that to be like, no, you guys did not have quite the grasp on the whole world that you thought. There's more to it than this. There's all these cultures that were hiding their channeling from you because y'all suck. You were going to take their kids away. And, and horrible. You are going to Jedi them. They didn't. No. The Jedi was voluntary. No, I guess it's true. But they were going to come searching for them. They are going to inquisit. Don't be this guy. Don't be this. the Jedi. The we're Jedi actually were actually guy. evil. No. Um, so some of that's good. But like you said, that one makes sense. But because she's the last in a long line of them and the impact's gone, I'm just like, oh, is she... Oh, is she more powerful? But oh, that's great! Yeah, and wow. He does the same thing with the men, but almost yeah, differently because yeah. he he just like oh, they just get strong. It's he does like kind of the opposite where he treats the now. I'm going to show my little anime. You won't really notice, but if you watch anime, you'll kind of get what I'm saying. Is that like the women are kind of like the new villain of every arc where they're just stronger because they right, are, right. and all the I'm men, all the men just have training arcs. It's like Flynn, like the hero. Yeah, yeah. Flynn is like oh, Flynn was a weak soldier. He didn't do shit, and now. When he meets up with, like, when they beat the Battle of the Shan Chan, two of Mazarin's boys pull up, and he's like, oh, yeah, they're as strong. Flynn is, like, super strong now. So is Hopwell. So is Adley. So is Moore. They're as strong as fucking Deshiva now. Deshiva's super strong. Well, he was a Forsaken. Deshiva is an actual Forsaken. Yeah, well, so that doesn't matter. And I don't want to get in the Forsaken, actually. Yeah. Because I, I think he's torn, and maybe this is the same thing, between if he wants to do, like, the people against Satan, or just, like, Satan and his magic Hitlers fighting <laughs> Wizard Pope. Because it feels like he can't pick, and he's they're just dropping like flies, and he's bringing them back. So what do you what do you and mean? Killing them. I feel like book seven. He's there's all this stuff going on, or book six. I guess the point of book six is that this first second do anything, but like the first second will do a thing, and then Rand, then they'll just get killed, and then the next book they'll do a thing, and then Randall kill him, and then I think they'll yeah. do a thing, and Randall kill him. Like we made a joke. Like he the last one he kills, he Rand specifically kills is Samuel and Samuel. And what he does is what he does for Ravine and what he does for Ishamael is that he goes to the country they rule and then he they escape through a portal. He follows them into that portal and then he kills them with Balefire. That literally happens all every all time. But it's a different. He goes to Shedderloga and he goes to the Dream One. He goes to Dreamland and then he goes to the Stone of Tear. And Moraine also kills Baal with Balefire. He's like Baal's like it's me and he's like yeah. So, yeah, it's it's pretty easy peasy stuff pe- at this point. And then Marine kills Landfear. They all learn land. They. Again, I, I, got, I wonder. I got it. I mean, there's just no way to know for all this stuff, but it's like maybe it really blew out at some point and he kind of lost and control. That's why some of it is a little poorly timed, it seems. It's like it almost feels like they got it too early, but maybe that's because there wasn't originally supposed to be 14 books and it would have 
felt a little more appropriate for him to get Balefire in book three like he does. Yeah, maybe they're supposed or to be like Mario, ten books. Right? Because when you get it so early and it's like, this is just the catch-all. And obviously, he builds in that Balefire has drawbacks where it, why you can't or shouldn't be using it constantly, but yeah. kind of does anyways. Yeah. But, and the good thing is, is that... Rand is, is that he doesn't teach Mazarin Balefire. He makes a point to not teach it to him. He's like, I can't show him because if he knows it, he'll teach all these Ashman it, and I cannot have a bunch of crazy gun wielders shooting. Which is what happened yeah. in the War of the Power back in the they, day. They were destroying whole cities, like countries are disappearing. So yeah, I, I agree. I, I do also have my problems with the first Hagen. My, my thing is like, he, again, he seems to not be able to commit, like he uses them too easily. Mm-hmm. They're too easy to kill. Again, like like we like you just said it's like three books were ran almost unearned like stomps them ravine in particular comes out of nowhere it's just like there's a whole plot for the fires of heaven and there's a climb and i told this i've finished before you and i just remember telling you this was like the book and like has a pretty whole thing about this whole this big battle and, and it climaxes pretty well and then they just do another climax yeah. where they're just they and where it's just like actually we're gonna go here and kill this guy Again, for kind of no reason. It's not really earned in the story. There's no, yeah. there's no, there's not a lot of build up to it. And he just kills a guy. And it's like, that feels like you threw him away too easily. And now it seems like he's backtracking the recent books. Again, there's no way to know what his true plan for us to know. I mean, maybe there is a way to know. We just have to do some more research as but, to how well this was planned or whatever. But just from our perspective right now, it's like a lot of, almost all of them have been revived now, which is just a thing you can do, which is whatever. But a lot of them have sense. just been killed again. Well, yeah, some of them have been revived and killed again. <laughs> Um, and then a lot of them are just like, we're coming, we're bringing them back. They're coming back. Why? Why? I, especially what, like, what's the point then? Why'd you come yeah. in the first place? I don't know. Killing and bring it back really takes any of the weight from it. Obviously. Can he just do that forever? Does it matter that any of these forsaken die other than as like a temporary setback? Yeah. And they also feel like they're just not, they're just like kind of nothing. Cause even in book seven, when he goes, his like, his original plan is to like distract as Samuel, Sammy boy. And then hit him. And then he's just like, actually, I'm like, kind of change my plan a little bit. I'm just going to take my Ashaman and just attack him outright. I think that was always the plan. So, was to distract them for long enough for him to do that. But Yeah, but he just, he just attacks him. And he even says in that book, all of the Ashaman are just ready to go. They're like, they're not even scared of the Forsaken anymore. And in this book nine, his whole Rance whole thing is like, I'm going to cleanse ID and I'm going to do the thing. Which is good that he wraps it up in nine. Because I, I did not want to read another fucking... It's ten books where Rand's like, I feel like I'm gonna throw up all the time. I'm gonna get sick. I'm gonna sick. I just don't care. No, I I don't disagree. And but then he starts it, and it's pretty interesting. He has like him and Nynaeve start doing a lot of metaphysical stuff, and then all the first seconds start to run, like just run at Shadow Logoth, and then they feel it, and then just time jump, and then it ends, and then the battle's over. Like three time jumps, where it's been like it's been two hours, it's been three hours, it's been all day. It's done. That's it. Oh. Demondred runs in. Flynn shows up. He goes, that's old oh, guy's weird. And then Flynn attacks him and Demondred runs away. Yeah. Well, they got some, some sick ass Aes Sedai and to some bo- sick ass Ashima. To bond with. They do some, uh, they do some circles and the links. And so they're, they're a couple of like real powerful squads prowling about. And they just, yeah, they just kill um, a couple of them flee. They get a, God. Yeah. So Demondred is like, fuck all that. Noise. Yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm not about it. I've never been this kind of dude. I'm, I'm the general, leave. I think. Um, the one who was a man who's a woman now, who I'll never be able to remember. He's dead. Of. She's dead. They kill her, right? Yeah, yeah. Ron, uh, Hopwell like, jumps on him. And they die. Goes, Get down, Mr. President. Hopwell yeah. dies. Yeah. Hopwell's pouring out for the homie. I, I'm thinking there's a reason he killed more Adley and Hopwell. I think they represent Rand's innocence. Because they're all younger than Rand. 
and Jahar when he gets harder every yeah. time he does the thing of like I'm gonna go and that's again which is not the correct Cause reaction because like, okay, Flynn is old and Jahar is like 23 or like older than Rand so I think that's why those two are left I think they're all gonna die and just gonna be sad when Flynn probably sooner or later yeah I'm gonna be sad because I like Flynn a lot because he's, he's cool great. he's fun yeah I can't I want to get some point of view of Flynn being like I can't believe all those kids died I think I like them they were like my surrogate sons and now they're all dead um, you get Deshiva, who's Aura, is revealed to be a forsaken right, pretty much right before right he dies. Right before he dies. So, God, I hated being Deshiva. And then the lady goes, Well, he's one of the ones, again, that's so that's now twice he's died too. He's one of the ones from the first Rand, book. Yeah, Rand kills him the first time in book one, <laughs> the very first book, and now he's back and just died. And the, he literally goes, God, I hated being Deshiva. And the lady goes, I guess, wait a minute, is that Deshiva? And then he kills him, yeah. <laughs> vaporizes the hill he's on. So it's like, I don't know. I, Again, maybe this is our own expectations, but it's like, why? And I guess the whole point of the Forsaken is they're not necessarily supposed to be one-to-one matches for Rand, because they never were, because the dragon was always the best. And that's why, the, and most of that's the reason they turn. And that's why some of them turn, is because they were jealous, a lot of them. So I get all that, but at the same but time, they were like, the strongest. But then what are they, then they shouldn't be putting themselves in, if, the, if your thing is like, they're not one-to-one matches, but they're crafty and they're smart, and like, here's the thing, right? Rand is so young, he does not have any of the... He shouldn't have the experience, the knowledge that, that made Luz Theron so great, right? Yeah. He's the dragon in power only. He does not have the, the wherewithal and, again, the knowledge. E- even, like, the channeling experience, because they know well, they yeah. can do things. He's very powerful, but he doesn't have the, the knowledge. He can do very basic things compared to what they can do. Exactly. He doesn't know all the techniques yet. And, again, he's not, he's not a great leader of men yet, either. So they should play that up. He should play that up of like, okay, these forsaken, they're smarter than him. They're craftier than him, right? Yes, they can't face him one-to-one, but they manipulate events such that they should never have to. But every time they try, and then Rand just kind of outsmarts him anyways. Again, even though With he brute force, really be able to do that yet. And then he pins him in, and, he's, and he corners him in, and then he kills him because he's better. And they all happen to like just teach him something they shouldn't, and then he uses it against the other ones. Which is like, Ravine, I guess that's interesting. Because yeah, Ravine teaches him how to travel into the dream world and in general. Yeah, yeah. Asmodee teaches him how to skim accidentally. Like, yeah. they all just teach him things accidentally. And the other ones are like, well, now he knows how to do this thing he shouldn't know how to do. Which, I guess, is makes sense for his progression, but it's not a super satisfying way to handle it. No, not at all. But, I mean, again, we've been kind of dog critical, it. but it's because that's, I don't know, it's more interesting to talk be about. like, wow, these books are fun. Really, the thing is, they really are. Is that Daniel Green ranked this book series when we started at zero as the best one. It's like the penult- pinnacle of pinnacle, fantasy. Absolute, like, yeah, top S tier. Which, I don't know, yeah, it's, for me, it's having too many of these weird, like, quirks to it. I'm not, I don't even, I hesitate to necessarily call them flaws, I guess. They're not, just, just, just like, I don't know if choices. you could say that it's objectively wrong. I don't know if it's it's fair to say that a book that doesn't have a plot, like, that has these chunks of plot like that. I don't know, I feel like that's, that's a problem. Yeah. That, like, you can't pick up this book and, like, feel satisfied with the storylines within. Especially because I keep put myself in the perspective of, you know, we are obviously, we have all the books ahead of us. We can read them immediately, right? So there is no downtime for us. But I just can't help think, like, what if you were into this series as it was releasing, and you were talking about your year's wait between these books? You'd pick this up and be like, what the fuck? No, man. Parent's my favorite guy. Nothing happens. Again, we can just be like, well, I'll read the next one where there's more parent. But I don't know. It'd, be, it'd feel very weird. Whereas, again, not to be this guy, but to be this guy, <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like each Stormlight book is more complete and satisfying, and you can even when you got to wait, which I only had to do the once, you can feel like, okay, I we're in a good place to wait. There was a lot of resolution for everyone there. It wrapped up with a bow. And again, maybe that's me, like I've said before. Maybe I would certainly say that 
his um Brandon Sanderson style of writing for that series appeals to me more. I don't know. Maybe that's my simpleton brain of like it's just it's just a little starts in meter. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's me being a dum dum or whatever. But you know, I feel like there's just a lot of weird stuff that he puts in. Too yeah. many character names. I yeah. So let's let's touch on that. I'm, we definitely have mentioned that billion characters. And we heard that going in, and I kind of thought it was a bit of like memeing to an extent of like, aha, yeah, I bet there's a bunch, but it's kind of true to an extent because they really do expect you to know all of to them. know them. You really have to remember, like the whole joke of haha, a character from three books ago comes back, and you, you know, I was like, oh, that's fun or whatever. But it's not just little references. It's like this character's back in a big way. And they're they gonna have a, actually they have a point of view chapter. They're going to be important for a while. Don't you remember them? Oh, no, I never do. I can barely remember the characters that never leave because again, there is so many names, and I, I honestly think that also is a bit of a quirk of like I don't think that's. I think there's a critical mass where you are making your books less readable and enjoyable. Yeah. by having this many names, like this characters, yeah, this many like. Instead of just having like ten people in the party, there's like fifteen or twenty, and they all have names, and they're all they're at this point, right? Something, yeah. Even where we are, all the kin have names. Literally, there has been hundreds of named Aes Sedai, and obviously they're not all of equal importance. They all get their remember. names, but some of them are. There's plenty that I feel like we're supposed to know that they say, and it's like there's just it's just at this point it really is just in a, one ear out the other yeah which if they weren't know. like the first four five books i don't remember their names if they're not showing up often and doing things yeah they're not gonna do anything yeah, the only ones i remember all the time are like cad swain alana and varon and and i guess he for the most part he does a good job of establishing context when he does a chapter like that but sometimes you get a chapter to be like you know blah 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 was out doing her groceries and you're like who is this again and it's your your you get pretty deep in there before you can contextualize it again. I'm like, oh, okay. And then she had a big red scar that set her name out. And like, oh, it's this character again. Is. And there's just these gaps where they just go books without being seen. Like, there's a lot of there's like sort of C and ish plot lines that are relegated to pretty much exclusively like prologues, prologues, and maybe the epilogue, and maybe yeah, which are interesting and all. But it's that is even harder to follow because you read one chapter about them and then you read a whole book and then you need a chapter where you're like, okay, we're back to this. I guess I'll. I don't know, man. Again, I feel like it feels like we're dogging us a little. There's a lot to like in this series. Series, yeah. All the magic. Again, we are enjoying it, but it's just I like all the Ashiman chapters. Yeah, like Loghain the Ashiman is here. Stuff. Yeah, so that that's happening. Um, again, so I guess the big plot lines that I was talking about up top, more so of like, I guess these are stretching out more. From where we're sitting right here, it's like Matsun Abudar, big one. Matsun Abudar's yes. parents in Gildan. He needs to get his wife back and get the prophet She's been trapped. Sina to his. Durand. Durand's fucking wherever he is. So, Rand, will we leave him in Sheogul? Yeah. No. Or not Sheogul. Shadow. But I'm just saying, like, Rand's, like, wherever. Like, Rand's not oh, right. in Kyrian Rand's waiting Rand's for Rand's never in... Well, yeah, I guess his his main base, his home, home base has been Kyrian for, for a for while now. Reason. Or Ilion? No, it's... He also has Ilion now. Yeah. He's, he is the actual king of that country, which is not a thing he has any other... Whatever. And then, yeah, like, the Matt thing in particular. I really enjoy Matt chapters. I wanted to talk on that just a little. Right. Matt's something of a controversial character, it appears, in the fandom. Yeah, very much um, so. Which, and, like, I'm sure people have valid... Re- I mean, obviously, if you don't like it, you don't like it, that's fine. But I do think some of the critiques I've said are not as valid. They're missing the point, I think. I think they miss the point of his character just a little, because his whole thing is that he's, like, a womanizer and this and that, and that's all true to an extent. But I think the whole point of Matt is that that's the facade he has. That's the facade that he's trying to portray. And it's it's really not what's... I mean, it's a classic thing, right? He's like the scoundrel with a heart of gold. He's, yeah, he's luck- like a scoundrel and a gambler and he drinks and he, he fucks kisses it. women or whatever. He get, but yeah. he's not actually a bad guy. And I feel like that's... He's the most reluctant hero. Mixed up. 
he is the most reluctant hero. And, and we were talking about this. I think I said you right. Is that not that Perrin and Matt and the women or whatever are not heroic characters, but Matt has he, the difference. I think is Matt is still kind of like a street level guy. Yeah. He's like your friendly neighborhood Spider Man at this point. Still, he's down in the dirt with like the homies. And the, they take leading. his army away. <laughs> he's got an army, but they take. Yeah, he gets an army for a while, and they take it right away from him, so he can be back in the street. So he isn't leading men. He isn't making those like really tough decisions, which are ultimately good, but they don't have the same interpersonal weight, yeah. right? And that's like, and that's not his story. Kind exactly. Of. So again, it's not like anything to take away from those other characters. But at this point, most of them are in big leadership roles, right? Yeah. Elaine is queen of her country, or working on it. Whatever. A queen is Armin. Queen is literal Armin. See, yeah, Perrin is, Rand. is the lord. Perrin's a lord. He, they all have these like big responsibilities, and they're saddled with all these. And again, Matt has that for a minute. And they just kind of take it from him. So he gets to be the guy on the street level who's like helping out the little guy. He's helping like individual characters, and I think that's really it's it's. So there's some of those chapters are really impactful. If you're like, man, he's just a he's sweet just guy. A he's doing what's right. right. And like, yeah, that's the, that again, that's kind of what makes it better. He's like, yo, yeah, I'm just, what do you mean? I'm not a good guy. I'm a gambler. It's like, nah, man, you're pretty yeah. freaking sweet. And there's man. like tons of moments, like in, especially in like book seven, when he's like, oh, Mogadine's here and he gives up his necklace to Elaine. Uh, he's like, no, you should take this. Like, you're going to need it to fight the Forsaken. You're, I mean, I'm gonna. You're gonna fight her. I can't. You should take. When her. she's fighting, they've been fighting all book over it. They've been arguing about it, and she's like, and he's like, oh, I'm not giving it to you. But then when push comes to shove, it's actually important. Without even hesitation, he rips it off his neck, and he's like, You have this. You need. You're gonna need this. And it's good because that's a moment for growth where they actually see that side of him fully. I think for the yeah. they're like, actually, you know what? You aren't so bad. Maybe you're not. Maybe we should treat you like a person, especially me, I me, mean, and any of the woman who knows you and rate and like, grew up with you. Exactly. Didn't like how she acted. It sucks because like. When Nynaeve has a chapter, I like Nynaeve because she's compelling because they're well written. And then she's just a dick to Matt for the whole she's book seven. Quite, well, she's a dick to kind of everyone. Yes. That's the whole thing. And I, here's the thing. They're moving past it a little. We've talked. I think we have addressed it. Like people have problems with his portrayal of all women as like bossy know-it-alls and all that, uh, which is fair to an extent. And Nynaeve is definitely the worst offender. And I think she is a, quite a controversial character for that reason. I don't know. She's getting better in these books, but I don't know if I love the reasoning for that, which is pretty much entirely. She got married. She got married. Yeah, mellowed so her out. Mellowing out a little. She, that's kind of having sex. That's kind of weak. Yeah, I don't love that. Um, Even though Lan's cool and all, and I'm glad that that's been resolved, and like I'm glad, like that's neat. I don't love that. That's just like ah, now she's she's getting nicer because she's getting dicked down. <laughs> that's cool, I guess. I don't know. We can't do anything better. Like that's on. the best we got. She has a really good moment in which one is it? Seven, eight, seven. I think where. When she breaks her... Yeah, in 7. So in 7, she she finally breaks her block, block because she has a moment where she is maybe going to die and she finally realizes that the way you channel, actually the way you do it consciously, is you have to surrender yourself to it, right? And her whole thing is because she is such this bossy, domineering personality that she has this moment where she's like, oh, I actually have to give in to this and surrender myself. And I, it was a really powerful moment, I thought. And it was like yeah. a really good character beef for her. And then she does it and she can do it now. And it was reminiscent to me of that thing I would say I love in Stormlight when they have those moments where they like say the words. They have character development where they level up in their powers. I think that stuff's great. It's, it was really reminiscent of that to me. So mm-hmm. that was cool. But then she hasn't, <laughs> she hasn't changed much. No, she's still bossing everybody around. So again, she's getting better, but it's like it's they, they seem to be, uh, Leaning it less on that character moment that she had, and yeah, more on just the fact that she's married and mellowed out now, which is kind of lame. But what are you gonna do? I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah. And uh, 
again, that applies to a lot of the women still. Like, Elaine's there's still, kinda... there's a lot of, like, he, he leans a little too much, I think, into, like, oh, women are catty, and they all get in fights with each other. There's all this power struggle with the Aes Sedai, because they're all about who's in charge, and it's like, okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, you get okay, it. okay. They're bonded with the Ashaman because they're scared and whatever mm-hmm. the fuck. Um, but, yeah. Uh, what else is pretty big? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't love how mad, like you said, they're kind of missing the point. Kind of go off the mad thing completely, because like it's like they're not reading the book. It's like it's right. like everything we talk about. It. It's like they're not watching the thing. The literacy isn't correct. No, because like literally, his internal dialogue tells you the narrator and internal dialogue will explicitly say, yeah, no matter what Matt says, he's got, he does the thing. He's like, I'm not gonna do it, but he does it. Like, that I said I literally lies to you. He goes, oh, I, you sent me that letter. I owe you. And she goes, yeah. And then he finds out she lied to him. Instead of being like, well, I'm not going to help you. He goes, well, I guess I'll help you and her and this third one and all the fucking windfinders because I'm just the gambler. Like, I'm just a good person. That is a great moment. He wrestles with that for, like, three chapters where he's like, I can't save everyone. Like, that's I really okay. am. There is an extent to uh, that I'm limited here, right? Because he keeps getting... He, he doesn't intend to do any of this shit until it's kind of heaped upon him. And then he's like, all right, he's fate man. Okay, I'll get you two. Okay, and then the third one. And then he just keeps going. He's like, but those windfinders, they also don't deserve this, right? He's like, that sucks too. And he doesn't have any particular stake or relationship with the, the windfinders. The Ashton Athenmier at all? I don't know how to pronounce the word. In any of the books, I don't think. He doesn't meet any of them. And he's just like, nah, that's not cool. <laughs> they deserve it, right? And he's not, he, again, he's not so far down his line, his, his rabbit hole of like, ah, the you know the fully ran like utilitarian of like well the needs of the many and the, needs of the few. Uh, weigh the needs of the few kind of thing he's he's still at a, again like a street level of like there are people right there who i can help but i i don't know it's gonna be hard enough i can do it and then eventually he's just like you know what i gotta try i'm gonna try he's gotta take the gamble which is great you gotta toss the dice yeah it's time to the toss dice and he's like he gets in there and he's like you can help me out a little bit you can you can throw me a bone with this one i'll let you out you just gotta give me some time and then you can get out and we'll we'll help each other out and she's like well it's, it's fucking yeah, you're I mean, it's a great moment. He says, "You're good and a great man." He says, I'm "Just a gambler." I'm like, "That's just that's just his character." Because he's all like, "If this was a trick, then you can get me." But otherwise, you've given you've given like hope again. I was this I was this close to breaking. I guess we we'll get in a second. And he's like, "I was this close to breaking, and now you've given me my spirit back. No matter what happens, now I'm gonna keep fighting." Like, that's great. What you want? That's awesome. So, it, so that is referencing uh the the whole Chan Chan thing, right? Or so they're just being, uh, awful. Demonic. Yeah, the Shanshan I think are interesting as villains though because I was uh, we talked about it at one point, right? The thing about them is that they have slavery, magic, <laughs> or slavery. just general slave. Well, just general yeah. slavery, and yeah, magic slavery. The whole magic slavery, which is arguably worse because it uses the whole magic and it's like that much more effective and oppressive. And it's even worse is the fact that the people who the slavers are like the same boat. Like they don't want to accept the fact that. The fact, because like they have, I don't know if you don't remember us talking about listeners. If you haven't read the books, the Idom, the Idom, so they have leashes, and they only can use the leash if you yourself can channel. Only certain. Well, they don't know. They don't all know this, but they know that for whatever reason, only certain people in their society can use the leashes to control. Yeah, it's like a level of channel. spark in you or something. Like it's it's somehow but, yeah. Whoever, however they're testing it, there's a level. The people in the Westerlands, the I said I and the and the kin and Windfinders have all realized. Wise woman. That's because. They, the people who can have it, they also have some level of it too. They don't want to admit it because their whole society is built on the might of their demani, and that is all built on the idea that they cannot be trusted to hold power, exist, right? Yeah. They, they need to be leashed and controlled for the safety of everyone, essentially, because unchecked, they'll just do whatever. And so this revelation that no, the people who've been holding the leashes all along 
are the same. There's not really any distinction there. Starts to break them down. Has the potential to break their whole society. Yeah. Which I think is cool. I think it's an interesting way to like deal with that problem. Is not just Rand kills enough of them that they, <laughs> they go. Lose. All right, jeez, man, we get it. But they do like an internal thing. Yeah. They do like a internal like revolution. Rand probably would kill. Cu- Rand just still killed oh. a couple of them though. They're never gonna kill a bunch of them. But like, I like the idea that they're gonna break it from the inside because of like revolution and stuff, which is fun. We're gonna have people less slaves, which is ideal. Yeah. But yeah, it's very upsetting. And what I was gonna say, like, they have all that in the in the again the magic slayer, which is so much worse because we get certain um either like internal like point of view chapters or just like direct recollections of it like with those match chapters there's a couple different characters who say like i'm this close to breaking like, if you didn't come in here right now and talk to me and like give me this hope again i might have i might have been too far gone right and they talk about how like some of them are like there are certain women who have been even broken the short time of like this the series here since the chanchen have arrived like you're only talking about a couple months. Some of them have already, some of the Aes Sedai and stuff have already been broken so far that they don't think they can come back yeah. in any short order, at least. I mean, the, like, I mean like the one of them in the end of the book was like, yeah, this one who's only been a sh- in the Shanshan for like four months, she only, like, she'll only respond to her, like, the name that they gave her, her new name. Because they just, they, I mean, they did the thing you do when you get new say, you just change their names and you just mm-hmm. beat them down. But the kind of thing that makes them interesting, I think, as a, like, villains, as a, as a, this large threat to his world is that they also build functioning societies, right? So the places they come to... Get better. Get better. They, like, prosper. There's this element of, like, oh, the crime's down. The, you know, the trade trade is resumed. Like, they bring order to some of these lawless lands that have descended into civil war and stuff. And it's like, that's just an interesting dichotomy. Again, they're obviously bad and they need to be stopped, but I do think that that was a neat point. It's like, they're not just completely horrible like that they 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 come in they make you swear you have to follow their rules now and if you break the rules they will absolutely kill you kill you and, and get you for it but if you come in and follow their rules they're happy to let you keep going and that's almost a more effective way of doing things than just like full-on brutalist like we're gonna kill we're gonna raise everything to the ground right mm. it's just like hey man just so follow the just rules conquer, pretty kind of relatively tr- peaceful transitions of power here which is interesting it's it's almost more sinister i think this idea that like Hey man, if you're just a like a freaking wheel maker, you just do your thing. We don't even give a shit. You're a merchant. If you can channel, we're gonna we're gonna make you slave a slave and for break your, your mind because you're a dog. You're to gonna us. live for hundreds of years under our yoke. Uh, but you guys are fine. That's cool, right? And then it's kind of like a well. I mean, they, they didn't come uh, for me. I didn't. I can't channel, so I guess that's fine with me. And yeah, it's it's one of those moves. So. I didn't interesting, and I think it's cool that he brought in a. I mean, we had them in book two. It's just they were kind of absent for a long time. Yeah. But that he brought in a more, uh, Marley dubious. like, earthly threat, I don't yeah. know the word would be. But, like, the the last battle is still on the horizon, and there's still kind of, like, this abstract idea about who's, you know, when that's coming, and, and they're working in the shadows and all this. They're not, there's not a tangible threat, but then he also has this, like, they're not really connected to the shadow, other than that, like, all groups in this world. Yeah, dark friends. There are dark friends within Hundreds them. of dark friends. Yeah, yeah we'll, maybe we'll get to that in a second, but the, uh... It is interesting that they just bring in like a material threat of like, no, nah, these guys are just other invaders that are coming here to fuck shit up, and we got to deal with them on top of trying to ready the world for the fight against <laughs> Satan and his army. Yeah. So, do we, we were talking about that? That was another point that I had. I guess if we're just talking overarching stuff from these books, but the tons of dark friends, t- right? Too many, and I don't. Yeah, I I come up with two minds about it because I think it's interesting. I I I can't think of anything quite in particular that really i don't know it's kind of a hydra thing almost hydra in, in, in marvel the way that was treated oh yeah um but this idea that dark friends are in literally every group right so regardless of your your alliance and your allegiance and your, and your nationality and all that stuff that's all 
put on the back burner when they all serve the Dark One above all, which is an interesting concept because it means you have these supposedly opposing groups, but they're actually working towards the same goals, right? Whether it's like, again, with within everything. Yeah. I said I, but also the Children of the Light have some, so they sometimes work together. And, and again, every nation and every peoples on the on the Earth has some in there. Which is kind of neat, but I think it's getting just kind of like with the power thing. Um, it's getting overplayed at this point where it's not it's not much of a reveal almost any longer. It's like, okay, another one. And I worry that it's just going to keep coming. We're going to get some... I feel like they're building up some big ones. I mean, we talked about... That definitely didn't happen. It happened in one of these ones. What's her name there? See, this is... Which one? Egwene's Keeper, who oh, was the Mistress of Novices. I don't know her name, but I know you're talking about. See, this is great. She was like a big one, and we already can't remember because it's been like two books. <laughs> but her, she's a pretty big character. She seems to be, right? And then it's like, I don't know, maybe Varen? It's like the, some of these big ones that we've had for a while might actually turn out to be evil. evil. And again, it's just, it, it almost feels a little overplayed of like every character who's vague. Because I, I do also, again, like the idea that there are characters who are opposed to them who aren't just to the core evil working for the, again, the devil character, mm-hmm. right? So I, I don't know. There's no, it almost feels like there is a little too much of that. Again, it is interesting that they can permeate all of that, so you can never really know. But, but there's a, I think there's a, like, I, like I said, like anything, I feel like because there's so many books, you gotta keep introducing new characters, and you gotta keep introducing new dark friends. So it's like, I guess you kind of gotta. But it's just right, like books, Robert Jordan. Like my, uh, my uncle uh, is reading these books, and he made the point to me because I was talking about him, just being like, he feels like he just was under contract. And had to keep writing more books, and was like, uh, "Okay, I guess we gotta, like you said, just really stretch him out." And Perrin gets six chapters, and then I can't talk him out again, or else he'll be done for multiple books. And he kind of has to show up a couple more times to make this make any sense, because like fourteen is a lot. It really is a lot. And all oh, we found, we've seen, we've heard back to Matt. I don't know, too long, but we've heard some disheartening things about what Brando does to Matt, which is it's starting because yeah, we like Brando and we like Matt. Yeah, apparently, generally, his books are really well-received, and, and people think that A Memory of Light is excellent, um, but apparently his treatment of Matt leaves a little to be desire. They don't they don't feel like it's totally in line with the... Robert Jordan's vision. Yeah, which, I mean, again, we're, we're, that's totally just speculation on because we haven't read them yet, so we'll have to see. And, the, and those could be people who don't like Matt at all, which we don't I agree with. And I mean, if it's a couple moments that feel out of character, it is what it is, but, like, we'll see. Again, I don't know. He's a pretty good writer. I can't imagine he actually like butchers him too horribly. But and like like Brendan said, there was nobody who was a bigger Wheel of Time fan and also a a good writer. He was a good. He fit that Venn Venn diagram well. A Venn diagram so. he himself created. Again, people like those books, so I can't imagine they're that big of a mar on them. But we'll, we'll see. Right, so we'll reserve judgment. So I want to let's you know. I think we should. I don't know how much more we could say because we're getting a little long yeah, on the tooth here. So I want to end it with something more positive. Where let's just do like our three favorite moments from these books. From each oh, book. Okay. Each book gets one. Okay. So book seven. What's your favorite moment in book seven? Which is, oh, let me cast my mind. I can't. Seven. I couldn't remember what Perrin did in book seven, so I don't really think about book seven. Book today. seven is a crown of swords. So Randa, well, Randa's easy. Randa's all his shit. Matt goes yeah. to Budar, and, and then he gets her block out. The Shan Chen attack. Yeah, Nanive gets a block out. That might be mine for that one, honestly. Again, because like, I think the climax of that's a little underwhelming. Right. He's just like, we're here, we're in Ilion. Um, there's some good Matt moments. I like the moment where the Aiel tried to assassinate Matt in his camp. That's good. He just kills him. Just by coincidence, basically. He isn't in his tent at the right time, because luck and dice, probably. <laughs> and Tavirian magic. Um, so maybe that one? Oh, also, actually, though, in that one... Really, oh, no, that was in Lord of Chaos. Is it? Fuck, I... Well, get, wait a minute. No, that, that Aiel scene is in Lord of Chaos, because he's sent to Abu Dhar during Lord oh. of Chaos. 
He's in the mood for all of book seven, remember? And eight right, and right. nine and probably ten. Because he's not in eight. Right, right. So, Elaine, or Egwene becoming Amarlin is also dwarf cast six, yes. right? Yes. Okay. Because okay. he sends Matt to go then get I'm, Egwene. Yeah, then yeah, I'm going to go with uh, definitely a 90 breaking her block then. I like okay. That. My favorite moment probably is Rand and his Ashaman pulling up to Elaine. Because I. Because it's, it's I, I say what I will, but the Ashman, they're my, honestly, they're my favorite part of the Wheel of Time. Yeah, they're because really they cool. dress really cool and they're just menacing and everybody's scared of them. I don't think. I mean, definitely and power for the series so far. They do the coolest stuff. The best moment is definitely I do think, my well, which apparently a lot of people agree with. Even people who finished the whole series that the climax of Lord of Chaos is maybe the best one, best in the whole series. So yeah, and I can't argue with that. That's it's pretty sick. <laughs> Um, so my, I'll go next. So I think book eight, I won't do Rand again. Cause it's really easy to be like, well, Rand kills the Sean, Rand killing the Sean Channer, more dying. It's not my favorite part. I, that is so mm-hmm. sad to me. More dying. Yeah. That right. hurt. That, ugh, get me around the fields. Maybe sad for a couple hours after I finished, <laughs> but I think my favorite moment, I think is happens in it where Perrin, I guess it's like the whole of his kind of not like specific moment, but when Perrin leaves the Manetheran Eagle up, he's like, all right, leave it up. And they're like, we're doing it boys. And everyone's really excited. And then he meets his old wolf friend again. Those moments are good. That's good. So I think all that kind of What's stuff. That guy's name? I don't know. E something. <laughs> Eric? Ernie? I think his name's Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Perrin's got some okay. Perrin, there's not enough Perrin. There's not enough meat on there to, for me to even get it. I, that's uh, why I picked like his whole general. His vibe. wife gets kidnapped. That's book nine, I thought. No, that's a. No, no but isn't it at the very, very end, end of, of book eight? You're right. Yeah. Uh, Matt's not in it at nope. all. So got that. Um, and then. I yeah the the like you said the you know the Rand fighting the Shanshan stuff's okay but it's not and then the climax of that is just whatever the shit is just evil yeah they just he leaves that's yeah there's not much to that one for Rand I, I mean that's got the moment where um I, I, I this will be mine so Egwene actually like oh right, she does she takes control of shit and they've essentially made her Amarlin to be a puppet because they're like we put this fucking eighteen year old on here real easy real easy for us. The shifty politicians of the White Tower to just use the hundred years old woman, and she like actually deftly political maneuvers him to be like, you know what, I'm actually gonna you gonna you give me this stole, I'm gonna I'm gonna use it. So I'm gonna rule. She actually like takes some power back. Which is That's cool. a good one. That's a good one. So yeah, I guess yeah, I'll do. Uh, let's see, my favorite this last book, Winter's Heart, probably Matt saving the Windfinder. Him, him, him saying, I'm just a gambler. That's I mean. It's hard to beat that moment. It really is. Yeah, that's a great one. Or, or no, my favorite. Or Ren saying that guy needed killing. Yeah, when you're just like how how far he's descended. I mean, there's some there's some like real big moments. I think the whole story like wise um, in this one. Even though again, well, okay, obviously Rand cleansing the top the Sahin, but like like we said, it's not much of a scene to like really get a, in book form. Like the implications of it are obviously really big, but. Actually, reading it, you're like, this isn't that exciting. No. It's the way it's written, which I we talked about off show. I think you just kind of got ahead. I from think him. it's so hard. Like, I think it's such a weird. I'm not like, envy Robert Jordan for doing. No, that. I, exactly. I don't know how you would even do. It. I don't even know what I would imagine that looking like. So I totally understand why it was done that way. Of like, you know what? Not even going to try. Right? We're just going to go do everyone around him. And I do think it's interesting. I think it's cool that it jumps from so many perspectives. Like. It's just going crazy. It's kind of hectic. Here's all these different perspectives of what's happening. But yeah, it doesn't... I feel like because of that, you don't necessarily get all of the weight behind it. This kind of ends. Um, but that is definitely got ramifications for the story. The moment of when Avienda and Elaine become sisters. That's a good one. That's 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 really It's like a one. prologue. 
That isn't a prologue. Shyamalan writes in the prologue. I kind of agree, but that's got to. I mean, that's gonna be the cool whole sequence and the way it works. And you got to be like, hey, be honest. What do you hate about each other? What do you love about each other? And be honest. Well, no. I mean, they, no, they. And you they, lose. It, they kind of the same thing. They kind of use the water bond to compel them to truth. Yeah, exactly. So that's cool. Also, the moment where they all bond Rand. They all three of his wives <laughs> get him. Uh, get him. Which is why does he get three? It's a. I just don't. Jordan like the Mormons. Know. Yeah, I. I don't know. Like again, I think it's because of Kalandor. It's got to be because of Kalandor. Well, yeah, that'll be helpful that he has two that he can trust that are his little, little like, girlfriends. But it's just, I don't know if it's provided enough, if there's been enough, like, build-up to that for me. Other than just, like, he has, I, I mean, I still think that the best and, well, actually, pretty much everyone but Elaine. Elaine gets pretty short-shifted as far as, like, the actual development there. Because we see, they, they get almost no time together, basically, is what it comes down to. Whereas, like, I think Avienda is the most interesting Zeusium subplot there as for how that their relationship develops. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, for them to all just arrive, like, yeah, we're just gonna all be, we're just gonna, we're just gonna be sister wives. I just, I don't know, it's weird. Very weird. Maybe I'm too close-minded here, but it feel it really does. Well, because there's moments where Rand's like, ah, oh, I bet you just think I'm a, I'm a lecher or whatever, and it's like, kind of, kind of. They're all like, no, it's okay because we're all cool with it. But I'm a little bit like, but what? Yeah, how does that happen? How do you just be like, I love you all equally, and you all need to be my wife? I don't. I just don't know. Neve's like, what are you doing? It's here right? for. Yeah, I mean, at least most of the other characters are kind of weirded out by it because it's. I just don't know what it's in the books for. If I'm being plain and simple, I guess I'll just yeah. leave there. But again, that's a big moment clear for the plot. I don't know. You take mine. It's, it's definitely. I had to. I had to jump on it quickly because I didn't have no one besides that. Yeah, because again, there's just not a different lot of motion to other plots. Pick a different um, when he says the daughter that I'm is his wife. Pick that one. <laughs> Actually, that that is just an interesting moment. Her point of view chapter, the reveal at the end of that, because we've been we've been dealing with that uh, build up for like books and books now. When they tell Matt you're in a marrier, and then we have that moment with that Sean Chan scout at the epilogue to one of these ones. Six is like she's coming, daughter of the nine's wounds coming. You're like, oh, I know that, I know that name. I do the you do the Leo meme. You point at the TV, but I don't know. We're just gonna have to double up, I think, because that was my moment too. That really was the best. So it gave me. I was like, this is one of the. It's honestly one of the more emotional that I got in the whole series thus far I think. oh yeah i have to agree really hit me because like i said i mean that's something i kind of wit uh, miss a little in these books is a little more like earnest and that's what it was like i said that wind finder is just like straight up like listen you're good man you've given me hope again you've inspired me like i'm gonna fight i'm gonna like keep fighting and it's like if you let me out i'm gonna fight and i'm gonna get my sisters and we're gonna fight and we're gonna fight our ways to the sea and we're gonna be free and it's like that's sweet sweet you're a great and a good man and yeah, you're good and he's just like no nah, i'm just, just the game but he is he's a good guy that's again that's his whole thing i don't know you wouldn't get that I don't know how people could read that and be like, she's right. She's right. He's a piece, he's he's a a piece of shit, this guy. He's, he just went out of to save these people from slavery. Oh, I guess, okay, I, let's mention this real quick and we'll wrap it up, right? Yeah. The very last thing with Matt here. Again, I don't know how, it's, it's very spotty, nonsense coverage, but it is what it is. Um, but one last thing with Matt is, in these three books in particular, he has a subplot where he becomes the, like, um, Fuck buddy. Basically, the Boy involuntary toy. lover. Yes. The involuntary lover of the Queen of Abu Dhar. Truly, well and truly, pretty much against his will. And it's, I think it's weird. And it's got some implications. And I don't know. We're going to talk about that just a little. It's kind of weird. Uh, I don't know. Basically, the, the discourse around this, because I've, I've looked into this a little bit, so it comes around to um, basically two points. Because the thing is, it's not good. And although the relationship is like, he doesn't hate her, and they leave on pretty good terms, and he's like, you aren't so bad kind of thing. It's very weird. And... It really is, in a lot of ways, strictly speaking, not 
not fully consensual. No. And so I guess the, the the real debate around it comes down to, do we think that was like intentional commentary by Robert Jordan or was he just doing a bit of like Kittenham. male sexual assault for laughs kind of thing, which is an unfortunate and very real thing. Common like trope that gets used. It's like it's not as real or I mean, when it's I, dudes. I think, I think he, you know, kind of was the second thing because it's Matt because he's like oh, I like women but the woman wants me like I like women whoa and it's a bit of like a revelation for him going forward to an extent to be like ah this is what it was like and I I do think there's some of that because I mean there's no doubt that it is played for laughs at times right again I guess the question is like did he intend it as some meta commentary to to some level of, I, I would like to think that there's some of that in there of like he's just yeah being kind of clever with it but it is weird and it just keeps dragging on and just like they never again it never really changes for the whole for literally like two books straight it's just yeah that's his thing he doesn't have a choice yeah he's she like dresses him and all of everybody knows about him everyone knows about it and they all like shun him for it if he doesn't do what he's told in this it's it's and again maybe that is like meta commentary that we're supposed to be like looking into but it does feel a little too much i mean again there, there is some funny stuff like there's a part that like where he says like a woman will lie to get you in bed and will say anything to get you in and bed live and more live and more to keep you there or something to that extent it's like that is definitely a behavior we would most usually associate with men right yeah. it's usually on the other foot and I don't know if that's like again insightful like commentary or if it is just a bit of ah it's funny when it's dudes all right we don't have to worry about it because it's not the same so. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. Me neither. Again, it's, a, it's something iffy. of a point of controversy there. And he has a moment where like that's what I, I don't know. I, I'm leaning towards the first one for me, I think. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Because there is that moment where the women, where um, Elena and Nynaeve are like, oh, you weren't you weren't kidding. You really aren't into this. Because he like breaks down at one point. Because they're not believing him. They're like, you horn dog, I bet you like it. Like, they're really pulling that level. Yeah. He's like, look, listen, I, I'm not about... And they're like, oh, you're, oh, you were, you're being serious. <laughs> well, that isn't... I mean, that isn't great then in that case. <laughs> we still don't like you though for no reason. Yeah, so let's forget is on his side. Yeah, I, that's that was leans me towards like now nah, they're taking it serious. And again, I guess they like they leave on good terms at the end. So I don't know what I'm meant to draw from that because he's kind of just like ah, you weren't so bad. <laughs> we yeah, we, I'll times. tie up another bed. See you later. <sighs> so I don't know. I'm just not. I do think that's a weird thing. And, and like like the three wives thing is like, did you just did it need to be in there featured so heavily? Is that what Probably is that what, why Daniel Green loves it so much? What what's the purpose <laughs> of this? Does he want three wives? Put that on it. I'll put on whoever I want. <laughs> think Daniel is ever going to listen to this fucking thing? I'm going to email this to him. This this sound bite of me saying all this. Just, just cut it out. Yeah, just get it right to him. This is for you. And then a big me going quick, like this. Quick MP3 pop. Yeah. I said this, Word. but it's me doing the middle finger. You couldn't right, see it. Right, right. All right, we're going to wrap it up right about here then. Because yeah. we're getting real fucking long. Another nice, girthy one. Didn't Thor's next week. We're real excited. That's all we're going to say. Yeah, we thought it, we played around with doing yeah. the prediction thing, but we I feel like it's not that kind of movie. Yeah. It's not shaping up to be, and we did... A lot. We did quite a lot talking about the trailers. So, so next week, we'll hear all our thoughts. So, we're right about here. Uh, thanks so much for listening. As always, you can find us wherever you find podcasts. You can always contact us on Twitter at ACatechJazz, on Gmail at ACatechJazz at gmail.com, and on Instagram at the Akitech Podcast. As always, our logo is my friend on the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can always find him at inkocean.jpg on Instagram or on Redbubble. Our intro was to my friend on the show, Celery Salt. No album. Uh, I might have a single later. Keep you updated. <laughs> and as always, we wrote it, we produced it, we built all the sets. Say night to the people, Zach. Good night. Good night. Godspeed. <laughs>